Hey, everybody! Hey. Welcome to a very special episode of the War Porn Podcast, a podcast where we take a look at media with a critical lens towards how, what it says about the military and war. This episode, we're going to be talking about TikTok. Yes, talk and talk. Tick and talks. My name is Patrick Lawler. I'm a disabled veteran from the Afghanistan campaign. As always, with me is my co-host. I'm Gene Meyer. I'm a clinical therapist. And we're going to talk about uh, my recent rise <laughs> to fame on TikTok. Rise to, to TikTok f- stardom. Some of you probably are coming over from TikTok, which is where we're going to get a lot of our viewers. Yep. I hope that you Welcome. enjoy the rest of our content. Uh, usually we look at movies right. and eventually get into long war stories, but today we're going to talk about this friggin' app that I yes. live on now. The war story of this app. <laughs> the greatest war I've ever fought. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so where, Patrick, where, where do we begin? Where do we begin? I think my first interest in TikTok has to be Sarah Cooper. Okay. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, who is Sarah Cooper? Sarah Cooper is a friend of mine. Uh, she is a stand-up comedian and a, uh, uh, an author who lives in New York City. We auditioned at New York Comedy Club together after we did a class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and then she started a TikTok where she became like incredibly famous. Uh, I think she has like 2 million followers yep. on Twitter now. Yeah. Uh, what she got famous for doing was... Uh, she lip syncs Trump's audio yeah. in a very funny, very funny way. And now she's got a Netflix special, yep. a TV show coming out. And she actually was the one who was like, hey, you should get on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I think it would be really great for you. And I was like, I don't want to get on that app. Yeah, yeah. Because at the time, all I thought the app was, was like girls dance, like teenage girls dancing, yep. pedophiles watching, <laughs> and the Chinese government taking Spying. all our data. Th- yeah. Those are like, I'm like, TikTok? That's yeah. what I know about it. Yeah. So, and, and to just give everyone a timeline, this was probably at the beginning of the quarantine, right? Yes, this was March. So I was a stand-up comedian, as you know, and you are as well. Uh, we were both stand-up comedians in New York before the world ended. Yeah, basically. And then I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think anyone really knew what to do. And as, you know, two, I guess, full-time comedians, comedy as a whole just disappeared completely and most of the comics i knew were just shut into their houses as was a majority of americans there goes loki okay the dog is leaving everybody it's okay i agree i remember when when it first happened how a lot of comics were like you better get ready to 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 transition into an online market yeah and all i could remember thinking is i already have a few hundred favorite YouTubers. Twitch is already so super saturated. All these comedians who have made their living in a live format now mm-hmm. think they're going to just yeah. take off on the internet? Like, that's that to me at the time seemed very naive, although now... It was kind of right. It was... Well, they all did something... Uh, first of all, Zoom took off. Yeah. Zoom took off so much that our industry now has Zoom shows. Yes. Which means like online stand-up comedy. Have, have you done any of them? I think I've done two or three. I did one for New York Comedy Club. Maybe that's the only one I did. I think I've seen a couple. I don't remember if I've performed on it. I don't really want to. Yeah, I think I did one. Aton Levine asked me to be on one, but it kind of just was a... Like four people just hanging out, talking to each other. Oh, I did something like that too, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it, comedy is such a live art form that I think to, you just can't do it on Zoom. You just can't. 
it's it, I I think that the delay of the laughter is insurmountable. Yeah. It's yeah. It, which is funny because now, you know, jumping a little forward, I do these live streams where I can't hear anyone. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like not in like stand-up comedy yeah. mind. Yeah. I'm just sort of rambling. Yeah. You're not it's not like you're trying to do stand-up. It's you're just talking to people who already know who you are and kind of just want to hear what you have to say. Sure. Which is also sort of liberating because with stand-up, if you don't get a laugh, you're like, oh, this joke is is terrible and I'm a bad person. Yeah. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Basically. Or even if it does land, you're still a bad person. Yeah, you're like, well, this this didn't do as well as I would (laughs) have liked. Yeah. I kind of didn't do much for like the first few months of COVID. Yeah. Just, Just depression... Yeah. Reading the news. Yep. Panic attacks. Not that any of that has changed. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. Loki, honey, you're making you are just, just yeah. so much noise. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just take this oh. dog collar. She's putting dog toys in our water. Oh, she really wants to God. be on the podcast. I'm not going to cut any of this out. I hope you guys enjoy my very mm-hmm. loud, silly dog. What were we talking about? Uh, you were depressed. Yes, very depressed. <laughs> I ended up moving during the quarantine, which took up a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. I moved to this apartment where we are now. And with sort of the hope of, like, I will start making stuff again. Yeah. And I think my first video when... I'm, I'm so distracted by my dog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my first video, I, I like, I went so ham with it. I, like... I, Your first TikTok video? My first TikTok. My first, it wasn't even, like, intended to be a TikTok. I just was like, I'm going to write a sketch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get back into sketch comedy. Oh, I remember... Okay, yeah. I, I, like, I wrote a whole script... That wasn't that good, and and I was like trying to like ape the format of a TikTok because I was like I'm gonna do a shot reverse shot because mm-hmm. those seem really popular. So I wrote all script and I sent it to a bunch of people, and then I like it took me like nine hours to shoot the thing. Really? Well, because I just hadn't messed with a camera in so long, yeah. so it was just all this like how do I get the sound editing and how yeah. do I do this? And I I did it and I put it on like TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. It did. Fine. Mm-hmm. And then I made another. I kept like because I had the TikTok. I started going through the for you page, mm-hmm. just seeing like, well, what are other people doing? Yeah. And then I started finding content that I really liked. And I made a series called uh, "Things to Stop Asking Veterans." I remember that. I remember that. Which was a little more goofy, easier to shoot. And then Sarah actually retweeted that one, so it got like fifteen thousand views or something. And I was like. Oh, Hooray! Yeah. And I got that dopamine burst, and that kind of led me to make want to make more of these. And around then, a few of my TikToks were doing, like, okay, uh, maybe like two or 3,000 views. And I decided to make one. I kept running across on the For You page. People would be like, if you see this, you're gay. Like, if you're, <laughs> if you're on this part of, of TikTok, you're, you're a big old gay. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, but not, not me. <laughs> I'm not a gay. Yeah, yeah. And so I made this video, my first pure TikTok video of me, like, because everybody likes to slide into a mirror. That's a very big TikTok yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So I slid into the mirror, and I just did a minute, no, didn't know how to do the zooms, just shot it in my mirror of me being like, y'all keep telling me I'm gay, but I don't have time to unpack all this. Yeah. I'm a veteran. Yeah. Just, just like goofiness, you know? Oh, this, okay, so this was prior <laughs> to, because... Yes. I thought the this one was video... like my first. Okay. 
And then that didn't really get a lot of traction really? for like a week. And I started making some other videos. And one night I made the lowest effort video I've ever made mm -hmm. with like my fan in the background. It's just pointing at my face. And I said, you know what's weird? When I was at war, if you shot an unarmed man in the back, they called it a war crime. Yeah. And you went to jail and nobody defended those guys. And that post went viral. That got like 200,000 views mm -hmm. and so much hate. Yeah. Like an unbelievable amount of hate. So you, you, as anyone is listening who knows, is that during the quarantine, a couple months in, George Floyd was killed by police in Minneapolis and there were mass nationwide protests yes. and the Black Lives Matter movement came back in the national spotlight. The question around police tactics and all this really kind of came from this whole quarantine situation and it sounds like your video was in response to that which was going on yes i mean during those protests i was very vocal on social media i'm not very comfortable in crowds so mm -hmm. i avoided the protests though i support them spoilers as we go forward it's gonna get crazy political yeah but i'm very in support of the protests and i wrote a lot of Posts that went viral on Twitter as a combat medic, as a yeah. paramedic, being like, I don't agree with this. Yeah. This is wrong. You shouldn't shoot at medics. You shouldn't, like, they're lying when they say, like, this is a good way. Like, the George yeah. Floyd thing, I'm like, I, I looked at the video and I'm like, as a paramedic, I, I see a man being choked for, to yeah. death. I don't yeah. believe the the lies and the propaganda of like, well, he had fentanyl in his system. And I'm like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. You had your neck, your, your, your knee on his neck. That's why he's not... So when I now that I had this 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 TikTok platform, this was when Jacob Blake oh, was was shot. The in Kenosha. Yes. Okay. And this was like I think I posted this a day after the the vigilante shootings. And I'd like to not Rittenhouse. use his name. Oh, oh you did. I don't want to glorify him. Can you can cut that out, right? It's fine. Let's just not use his whole name. I'm just gonna call him the vigilante. The vigilante, yeah. I think we should stop glorifying these folk. Yeah. And and that doesn't matter. Everybody knows his name. What was I saying? Uh, so this post you made was a day after that vigilante. Something like that. A day, maybe a day and a half. And I got, you know, just a crazy amount of people being like, you're wrong. He had a knife. You're, you don't know what you're talking about. And at the same time that I was getting all that hate, the, the gay post blew up and went viral. So on one side, I'm getting... Like, we support you. You're amazing. This is great. You're great. Tons, like hundreds of, maybe even thousands of comments of so, support. So, to backtrack a little bit, the video of you sliding into the mirror and say, what you said was, I keep seeing these videos that say, if you're seeing this video, you are gay. Or just LGBTQ. Yeah. And, and so you were like, was the video, because I can't remember exactly, but you're like, Am I gay? I said, I don't have time to unpack my gender identity right now. Right. Because I'm going, I'm, I'm unpacking all this war trauma. Yeah. And then I sort of ended the video with a joke being like, though I am thinking about it a lot. <laughs> like a lot, a lot. Probably enough to say that I'm not. And then I just went, yay. Yeah. Like a very defeated, jokey, like, oh no, maybe I'm not a man. And they were all very in support of this idea of like me questioning my questioning, gender identity yeah. at all. And then on the other side, I've get, I'm getting all this hate. So I decided I would make a video where I summoned the gays. <laughs> yes. And I say the gays 
in quotes because what I meant was like the LGBTQ yeah. community, yeah. but as a comedian, it sounds funnier it's, yeah. to say the gays. Yeah. So I made a video where I slid into frame and I went, I need to summon the gays. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I explained the situation. I said, I'm a veteran. I'm questioning my gender identity. On the one side, the LGBTQ community is giving me this incredible support. On the other side are these conservative bootlickers who are screaming at me. And I kind of, there's, there was a trend of like gay creators being like, help get me back on gay TikTok. Uh, and I thought it would be funny to be like, don't bring me back. Yeah. Give me your power. Your power. And yeah. I will fight these yeah, fascists yeah, yeah. on yeah. your behalf. And that video is currently sitting at 1.2 million views. Yeah. And it's still like, I'm sure if I check my phone, I'm getting comments. Still, still it's been going yeah. viral. It went so viral that I had to come out to my parents. Yes. Wait, okay, all right, so let's pause. Mm -hmm. So, judging from an outsider's perspective, or someone who isn't you, let's just say the least. So, you made that video and it like blew up, mm -hmm. right? And I feel like that video was the beginning of not only you being like a, whatever, a TikTok sensation, but also the beginning of you taking on this identity of being queer. Even though I don't think that necessarily came until a couple of videos later, if I'm correct. You are correct. I, the video, I think was this, was definitely a moment that would change like the trajectory, the entire trajectory of my path on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Before that, I had been almost like a proto character where yeah. I have like a video where I'm just like, uh oh, like these, yeah. these people think I'm lying. Yeah. And like, I had some of the goofiness and the snarkiness and the sarcasm. But I hadn't bought the crown yet. Yes. And, the crown. Um, <laughs> but this post, I, I sort of declared, I'm going to fight fascism. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fight these people and their belief structure. And I, true to my word, my next video was what I call the pot stirring video. Where oh, yeah. I, carry, I have a pot in the shower and I carry it to the stink and I say... To the camera, you know, trans women are women and trans men are men. And then I ended, and if you don't believe me, you're a coward and a bigot. And I ended the video by being like, I'll just be stirring this pot. Yeah. And that is like, got like 400,000 views or something. And the bigotry that has come out of that. Yeah. But on the same side, I've got an incredibly huge trans community now that is like, this video made me feel validated mm -hmm. and seen. And thank you for fighting on our behalf. And... I just, I've just been making videos like that ever since. Yeah. I occasionally do like a mental health video here or there. But even those in the middle somewhere, I'm going to say Trump's a fascist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I haven't made a video in like a week and a half where at one point yeah. I don't say, hey, Trump's a fascist. Especially if this Woodward tape where I'm just like, I'm done. Uh, I'm yeah. done pretending. Yeah. You know, it's funny. In I would say in the week since your, I don't know, rise to TikTok fame... These themes, these political themes had been brewing for a while. You know, let's not forget that there was an impeachment trial to start off this year. Yup. <laughs> we we glossed right over that bad yeah. boy. <laughs> and then the quarantine started and I feel like it, that quarantine was a crisis situation and it really highlighted the rifts, the ideological rifts that were always kind of the undercurrent for this country, but we could all sort of ignore them because we were busy doing other things, work and school. But then it really started to boil. Then the George Floyd protests really pushed that to the forefront. And now I would say the past month and, you know, especially with the 
death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg yesterday, yeah. it is just like, it doesn't even feel like an election as so much as just a civil war. I agree with you. I mean, I, I want to be careful not to make any calls for violence yeah. because I don't, I don't want a civil war. No, no. But, I, but that being said, the comments, I now receive, I don't know, 1,500 comments a day, something like that, maybe. Right. And so I, I, and a lot of them, I have several posts since these that we've talked about that have been very politically charged mm-hmm. uh, about different aspects of, of politics. They come in and I see what their defense is, you know, of, 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 their, of their fascist. And, and they're not even trying anymore. Yeah. Like, a lot of them are like, not only is Jacob Blake deserving of this, they should have shot him more. And I'm like, that right that's, there is not an argument. Yeah. That's... That's, that's just racism. It's racism. Right? It's white supremacy. There's it, there's so little uh, pretense anymore. Yeah. It's, it's They're not even dog whistling. They're just whistling. And so I... Not only... And, and uh, you know, like I said, I, I came out to my parents. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go back to that. So... You made this video where you summoned the gays. I sure did. And what was what was their response? They loved it. Yeah. The overwhelming there's about sixteen to seventeen thousand comments now. I think I've read most of them. Ninety nine point nine percent overwhelmingly positive. Yes. I don't think that a queer or gay les I don't think I've had it a single piece of criticism from that community. Just a couple people that find it and go, ah, oh, screw you, lady, yeah. or whatever. Just yeah. like regular yeah. bigot. Things like, you're welcome here, you're valid, you're a real soldier, you're, you know, even if you decide that you aren't uh, gay or, or whatever, or um, or queer, we support you. Just the fact that you're questioning it all, they were very supportive of. Uh, and a big one was like, we, I love your energy. I got yeah. Like six or seven thousand comments being like, "We love your energy." I got big goblin. I get that a lot. Big goblin. I, I don't know if it means <laughs> a big goblin energy. I haven't figured out if that means that I'm a big, and then in quotes, goblin energy, as if goblin energy were its own thing, and I have a lot of it, or I'm a big goblin with the energy that a big goblin would have. And I don't. I've asked, and I've got. They're like either or. I don't know. I mean. I would I would use a lot of words to describe you. I don't know if goblin esque. I don't get it either because I'm <laughs> massive, but yeah. like I get it. I think it's a term. Like I, I think it's yeah. like a LGBTQ term at goblin energy. When I think of goblins, I think of Smeagol. That's who, what I think. Who of. is like this tiny little troll? I think of a tiny ring for I his think own. of like your 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 arms like yeah, small and like yeah. T Rex arms. <laughs> yeah, doing T Rex. <laughs> and then I got. I don't know, 6,000 crown emojis mm-hmm. or go off king or yeah. monarch or queen, yeah. whichever. Yeah. So I decided uh, it would be funny if I bought a king costume. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my friend was like, hey, you got away with this. You summoned the gays. <laughs> it went fine. Maybe don't fly too close to the sun. So yeah. I made another video dressed as a king, yeah. screaming at the top of my yeah. lungs. That yeah. not only was I going to fly... How could I fly too close when I am the sun? Yeah. And then that sort of became the character of this, like... I'm like a troll for Trump supporters. I'm, like, trying to get their attention. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to troll them. My comedy is very, like, goofing on them. Yeah. I've built... I built a pillow fort that said Antifa headquarters. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
I have a sign in my bathroom that I wrote so that you can read it in the mirror yeah. that says, Gay Agenda Defeat Fascists. Yeah. And I just, I think it's, I, my goal is to mock them, to mm-hmm. mock their beliefs. Because I don't think that, like, coming at them with anger and vitriol is going to work. Yeah. But, and I don't really know if I can convert them, but I want to mock them the way that every comedian I've ever loved has mocked has the mocked Nazis. Them. Yeah. Charlie Chaplin and, and Mel Brooks yeah. and, you know, countless other incredible voices. I think that it's, I've been told that that's, comedy goes hand in hand yeah. with Antifa yeah. or whatever. So what about this caused you to question your identity and eventually come to the conclusion that you were queer? Well, I think I've been questioning it for a very long time, as I think we all do. I, when I was a kid, was very attracted to, like, feminine things and masculine things. Like, Mm -hmm. I liked Star Wars and I liked stealing my sister's Babysitter Club books. Hell yeah. And I never really grasped why. I was like, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. I love feminine singers and I, like, like to sing in, like, a very high falsetto occasionally. And I I always kind of joked that John Mulaney joke, like, God made two-thirds of a gay man and just didn't flip the switch. Because I love musical theater, and every time I walk into a gay club, they're playing my favorite song. And I'm just like, I don't... Yes. And I'm like, I don't understand. Why do I love this culture so much? And I always want to be a little, like... I am very effeminate sometimes in my gestures and my in my voice and like I'll switch between a very masculine presentation mm-hmm. and a very effeminate presentation. And I just thought that I was being offensive. <laughs> offensive? Well, cuz I like sometimes I want to talk like this and I want to I just be like, "Ooh, honey." And like I fl- cuz you guys they can't see me but I'm like flipping my hands flipping, around yeah, very yeah. loose wrists yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And I always assumed that was like bad. Also, this is a moment. Here's a joke. I was at UCB 101 improv class because why not? Yeah. And they had an exercise where they were like, don't even think. First thing you think of, where do you most want to be and what do you most want to be? And I kept picking gay at the gay pride parade. (laughs) (laughs) Not in a mean way. Not for like, ha ha ha. They just have so fun. Funny. I was just like, if I could be anything, I would be a big old gay yeah. at the gay pride parade. And and the guy was like, you can't do that. That's offensive. And I'm like, no. What? Well, because he oh, thought you I was were gonna, doing it. You were going to do it like a scene. Yeah. And oh, Heath was like, that's not funny. That, and I was yeah. like, I wasn't trying to be. I, I can see where the and tension. And I, I totally get where yeah, the tension yeah, comes yeah. from. Because I look like a big old straight white man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was really upsetting. Like, it upset me for a long time. Like, a year. Really? And I was like, why does this... Like, I've been admonished for a joke before. Yeah. Why is this sitting with me? And now I think it's because I'm like... Because I'm, I'm not a straight white dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm allowed to be... like Flamboyant. I think it was a, the first moment where my identity was being pushed against. Mm-hmm. In a way that I hadn't realized. Because it, like, it was... Not in the most um, subtle of ways. Yeah. Not because I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm. I mean, I'm not gay. If anything, I'm bi. But I don't. I don't know how that works because I'm not a man. I'm a different <laughs> thing. So me being attracted to like I don't know how that yeah. nomenclature works. Yeah. Either way. Well, you. You know. Full disclosure. I was the one who told you to not fly too close to the sun, right? Or was that someone else? James Tyson oh, actually okay. told me. Well, I, I, I sent you a text. You also were saying, like, hey, be careful. Yeah, I said be careful. 
then we had an interesting conversation and you said something really I thought was really interesting was I said, are you gay? And you said, I'm I'm a man who questions his sexuality and his gender. So I think that does make me gay because straight men don't do that. I did say that, yeah. And, I, I'm not, not gay, but I said I, I don't think straight men spend this much time questioning themselves. Yeah. And then I said that straight people do spend time questioning themselves. And you seem pretty surprised by that. Well, I guess because all the straight people I know aren't. aren't. Yeah. <laughs> so, and which, which I, I guess the question I want to ask is like, you know, and this is the therapist in me, but like what, and especially with your army military background, which we can both agree is like a pretty masculine culture. Where did your idea of what being a heterosexual man come from and what was it exactly? Oh, probably just generalized society and like the TV and movies I consume. So like my idea of a man was like, you're allowed to have two emotions, angry and funny. Yeah. Feel feel free to switch or mix and match. You're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to show a lot of feelings. You have to be strong and brave. And, and uh, I think I think a lot of... And not that any of those are... Some of those are bad. Being brave and courageous isn't. But yeah, yeah. I think a lot of mine is the idea of toxic masculinity. Yeah. Where it's like, deny your feelings mm-hmm. and be stoic and, um, you know, don't talk about the war. Yeah. And all that nonsense. We'll, we'll get to that later. And then I saw my friend. I didn't even know that. I know, I'm not, I don't want to be a woman. I think that if I were, if the spectrum were mapped out, I'm probably closer. I think it, my dot moves around. But yeah. I think the dot hangs out in the man sphere mm-hmm. a bit more. Yeah. Um, and so I'm comfortable with my form and I've never really felt a desire to transition or look or be any different. But when I was in theater and I would put on makeup or wear a dress or play a woman role, it was very thrilling for me in a way that wasn't just like, I'm a man in a dress. I was like, oh, I, I love this. Uh, I think I want to do drag. Okay. But also maybe I just love this. Yeah. Um, and then I saw a friend, I, you know, moving to New York obviously opened a ton of perspective mm-hmm. and I've met a lot of non-binary. I'm going to kill my dog. Yeah. Right up. as you start talking about the really good Hold stuff. Hold on, everybody. <laughs> I'm going to put my dog in a different room because she's just <laughs> clomping around. Come on, in here. In here, you beautiful, perfect creature. Just, just clip clopping Just like, around. let me do a tap dance doop, routine. Doop. <laughs> doop, doop, doop. I have a dog. Oh, are you trying to? She's silent all day. Yeah. It's true. I'm just waiting for the rest of New York to be like, oh, are you guys recording a po- Oh. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Yeah. All right. Sorry, everyone. Enjoy. I'm not taking that out. Yeah. What were we talking about? Non-binary. My friend James Tyson, who's another incredible creator, go check him out. He's a non-binary person. And I saw their comedy, him, I, he uses he there. I saw their comedy and I was like, oh, I didn't know that was an option. Yeah. And so I just started, there goes oh, the, sorry. The, I'm so sorry. the phone into the water. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> that I might cut out. Yeah. So he's a non-binary person and I didn't know that that was an option, like I said. So I just kept asking him all these questions and I was like, so you just, 
mm-hmm. you just like wear makeup? He's mm-hmm. like, yeah. I'm like, I, and, and that's fine. And he's like, no, I get attacked all the time. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh. Yeah, and I, you know, I did some of his shows, and I, I kept feeling really comfortable in like LGBTQ spaces and gay spaces and all that. I think I wanted that. I was just like too afraid to admit it. Mm-hmm. And there was also a part of me that was like, "That's too many things. I can't be <laughs> a disabled veteran and a paramedic yeah, yeah, and a yeah. comedian, yeah. and now oh, he's queer. he's queer. It's just too many." And like, you know, how are you going to sell that? To NBC? How am I going to sell that? <laughs> yeah, which is the most comedian thought. I know. Let me deny I'm... a huge part of my life. Because it won't sell well. Because it's not... You can't put that on a poster for a club. <laughs> Disabled, veteran, paramedic, queer. And also, like, you could. You could just be like, yeah. he's a queer, disabled veteran. Yeah. It's and not I, hard. I mean, in reality, it just gives you another thing to talk about on stage. I know. It was a very silly fear. <laughs> I will say, I think a lot of people in quarantine have started to question their gender identity yeah. and their sexuality. Yeah. Because you're it, you don't have the the minutia of life that you're constantly in. I just have the four walls of this room, baby. Yeah. And so eventually you, you turn that gaze inward and you're like, "Huh. Yeah. Maybe I like Chris Hemsworth <laughs> for a different reason. <laughs> maybe maybe that's why I have so many photos of him shirtless. Yeah. Not because I'm going to look like that one <laughs> yeah, day, yeah. which is what I've been telling myself. Really? Okay. I do have a lot of Photos of Chris Hemsworth shirtless. <laughs> Any hoozles. Yeah. Uh, this, so, so when I think getting that support, I'm there, I'm torn because I'm not sure if like, it's probably both getting the support from them and, and wanting to be included in that community and e- with each step being more and more accepted, making it easier for me to join. Yeah. But I was also getting so much hate from the people that I'm like, in an ideological battle with mm-hmm. that there was a part of me and there's still a part of me like I painted my nails yeah. to piss them off does it feel good and I love it sure yeah. but I also want to piss off yeah 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 the bigots I what? think I might have partially embraced my identity out of spite okay which is which I think is beautiful yeah I mean <laughs> it's true but but you know uh let's go back to so you you did tell your Call your mom and, and say, hey, I'm queer. And I don't think that was out of spite. No. And, like, I've had really beautiful conversations. I think just embracing it yeah. a little was out of spite. Like, almost like a, oh, you're going to tell me that I can't? Mm. Well, now I'm going to. Yeah. But it seems like spite might have been the motivation somewhat. But it, it seems like it felt very comfortable. Oh, for sure. Well, like, I don't mean to say, like, I'm only yeah, queer out of yeah, spite. Although yeah. that would be... That would be that would be the gayest thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was going to say that, but I was like, I don't know if I can. But you did, so I here mean, we come are. Come on, come on. I Wouldn't it, though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think I would be supported for that. He's yeah. gay out of spite. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Welcome. Yeah. No, it, <laughs> as, soon, as soon as I made the video and got all the support... I started to go, am I, am I a queer man? And as soon as I sort of like started to play with that idea, I felt like a weight was lifted. Just like, oh my God, yes, of course I am. Yeah. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. And I, and since then my, my mannerisms have, I think become more, not so much changed, but I'm just more comfortable in them. Yep. I would, I would agree. Um, 
you know, on the videos, of course, but even in just real life, I mean, you just seem more free, unburdened, and comfortable being yourself, I would say. I feel more comfortable. I know I mask a lot because I have ADHD and, and you know, all the, the PTSD, so... I think my mask is very, like, rigid masculine. It's like the soldier mask that I mm-hmm. learned. And now I'm not defaulting to that. Yeah. I'm just allowing, like, I don't have to mask. I mean, yeah. sometimes I do because, you know, you get overwhelmed. But when I'm able to just be... when I And when I say, like, I'm a queer man, it feels good. And it mm-hmm. feel, it just it just rings true Yeah, in a way that other things... Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Which is remarkable. Um, I'm curious, how did the conversation with your parents go? Well, my sister found my video and found my TikToks. And she was immediately like, hey, I don't care that you're queer. You, I support you. Which was very kind and lovely. And then, you know, we showed it to my parents. So I had to be like, hey, by the way. <laughs> And they I, watched the video. They watched the video. And I was, I think it was in a, first it was in a text. And I was just like, hey, just so you know, queer means this. And my mom went, hey, we're fine with having a gay son. And I'm like, <laughs> not, not what queer means. And she's yeah. like, you don't have to hide it anymore. You like dudes. It's fine. And I'm like, I, I'm, <laughs> wait a I'm minute, so glad wait, you are on wait board. Wait a minute, wait a minute, time out. So she just like, she didn't even call you. She's like, I'll text him. Well, it was a text. <laughs> it was a family text. Oh. So... That's pretty, I, I have to say, you know, I don't know what your parents are like. That's Pretty liberal. That's pretty accepting. Oh, sure. My dad was just like, I don't even think my dad responded to that text. He was just, my mom was like, dad says you're an actor. And I'm like, does he care that I'm queer? <laughs> and I later, like in the week, like called and had a really lovely conversation where my dad was just like, hey, I like, he, he, he was like, no, seriously, of course I support you. Like, and that was very, I don't know, it's hard to describe, overwhelming, like, yeah. yay, my parents, like, yeah. that's great. And my mom still just thinks I, I, I like dudes, so, <laughs> she's supportive of me yeah. liking men, Yeah. so that's great, I guess. I can't wait till she sees me in nail polish, I'm sure. My mom is a very kind and compassionate woman who says some really dumb things. Yeah. I mean, as, as all she's, she's older. a boomer, right? She's a boomer. So, so you know, she's gonna you know she's gonna vote for Biden. So who cares? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So okay, so you you came out as queer to your parents. You found this new identity, and then I think really around this was like two or three weeks ago, I guess. Yes, that's when I feel like you really ramped up the trolling aspect. Yup. I I realized that the way TikTok works best is that if people are arguing in my comments, it gets me more views. Mm-hmm. And I figured I can kind of kill two birds with one stone. I can support my community and I can make fun of these people that I don't like. And they're so dumb that they will just come in my comments and argue for, for hours and sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll leave, like, they'll come in and they'll be like, screw you, you're an idiot. And I'll just be like, oh, hey, thanks for coming by. Yeah. And yeah. then that really drives them nuts. I try to, I, I, I have, like, rules that I follow. I try not to swear. I try not to, I never attack. I only defend. And uh, I will, 
I will tell someone a thing that I believe is true. Like, if you support Trump, you support fascism. And I think that makes you a traitor. So I'll call those people a traitor, or I'll call them a coward. But I'm not going to be like, you're... A poopy head. Well, <laughs> I won't use poopy head, but I do call people donkeys, because I think that's funny. And I like that Jordan or Gordon Ramsay does that. Uh, smooth brain, I like. Yeah. I think that's a funny insult. Sometimes I'll just call people, people a silly goose, yeah. which they hate. I will also ramp up my queerness yes. in the comments and be like, ooh, honey, yeah. and just say yeah. things like that, because that really makes them mad. But my goal is twofold. One, it increases whatever I'm talking about. So if mm-hmm. I have a message of, like, trans people should be allowed to exist, these bigots are sort of like the power that gets that post in front of the places it needs yeah. to be. And it also keeps them in my comments as opposed to... Because these dudes harass the crap out of these like young trans creators. If they could find a trans person on this platform, they are going to go attack them yeah. for days. And it's just... I'd rather they come attack me. I don't care. I mean, I care a little, but... Better me than some 16-year-old who's trying to figure things out. You yeah. know, I'm 32. I'm pretty comfortable. I fought in a war. Do their comments occasionally bother me? Sure. But it's like... I, I have the the resiliency to read these comments, know they're not true and push back. And I, not that I think, you know, trans kids aren't, I, I, I think they're the strongest people in the world. I'll fight by that comment. Uh, but I, I just, I, you know, you're 16 and you're dealing yeah. with a trans identity and you're, yeah. and, and everything else on top of that. I just don't think you need bigots. Yeah. I, you know, that again, I don't want their content not getting a bunch of clicks, but yeah, Maybe we could get better clicks. That's my goal, anyway, is to sort of put... My position on TikTok was I'm going to stand between these marginalized communities and these stupid fascists. And so people call me gay Captain America, which is very funny, considering we did a Captain America episode, yeah. like, right before this happened. Yeah, like a three-hour one, too. You <laughs> sure did. Um, so you see... Your... <clears throat> oh, my God. I'm sorry, I'm going through puberty. Uh, you... <laughs> <laughs> you see yourself as... Like a defender from these, I mean, basically these right-wing trolls. I don't know if I'm defending any... I mean, I'll defend myself when attacked, which happens pretty often. I kind of... I think of myself as a goofy clown Mm -hmm. who is just goofing on conservatives. Yeah. And while I get an unbelievable amount of hate, which I'm bringing on myself, I also get comments that I don't know what to do with. Well, they'll say... I don't agree with you, and I don't like your politics, and when you talk about politics, you sound like a moron, but you're the funniest person I've ever seen. I love your content. And I'm like, but my content's making fun of you. Yeah. I'm, I'm calling you an idiot. And they're like, yeah, I don't care. It's so funny. And some of those guys have like, I had one guy who attacked me, and he was like, you're not a real soldier, you're lying, this, that, and the other thing. And I, I did like a, I took his comment, and I made a video about it. And that got like 100,000 views. And he stuck around in the comments kind of fighting me here and there. And then he found one of my live streams, watched for a few hours, and he reached out and he was like, I was wrong. I believe you're a soldier. I think we'd actually have gotten along. I'm so sorry. And I was like, well, that's, I, didn't, I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah. My goal has at no point been to convert Trump supporters because mm-hmm. I don't really think at this point... It's. I think it's sort of a lost cause. Mm-hmm. Not in overarching terms. Well, 
until the election. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're... I don't believe that anyone is going to change their mind in the next month that is, that is that convinced. Maybe. I mean, not to get too political here, but we have talked about how your goal is not to convert people. I've... I've... You know, just last week, I saw a billboard in Philadelphia that had a picture of a middle-aged man. He said, I've been a lifelong Republican, but I'm voting for Biden. So, I, you know, I do think that, as far as I can tell, the Biden campaign and Democrats as a whole are trying to convert. I think so. I, I am not running for political office, though. Right. So my goal, well, and my goal is also a lot of people are really afraid right now. Yes. They're terrified. We've got vigilantes in the streets. We've got armed thugs. Yeah. I, I don't like the word thug because it has racial connotations. Uh, when I say are, thug, I mean um, right wing white supremacists. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I do not mean the way that they use the word thug. Yeah. So we've got these armed proud boys. We've got these, uh, you know, Trump's talking about putting people at the polls armed guards at polls people are terrified and i want my message is to show them that these nazis are are cowards and that they're and they're little little small people who are also afraid that you shouldn't build into this giant scary thing in your head and i think i can do that by mocking them and mocking Mm -hmm. their beliefs because i their beliefs are stupid and worthy of mockery they believe things like that they're superior or or that Trump didn't do a bad job with Corona, or that these protests are unjustified, or they say these lies like, oh, they're all riots. It's like, all of that's propaganda. All of that is lies. If you believe that, you're not paying attention. I'm going to mock that. Yes. I think it's I think it's funny to be goofy about that. And people see it, and they see, I don't have to be afraid of these people. Mm-hmm. I can laugh at them. Yeah. And that's my goal. Because I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know what to do. And this makes me feel a little better to goof on the, because I'll wake up and have a bad day and they'll say a million horrible things to me. And then I'll make a minute long video just being like, y'all can't get to me. Yeah. Yeah. And do I believe that? I don't know. In the moment, I guess I do. And then I have that video for maybe someone who needs to see that they're not powerful. So, um, you know, one thing that's been, talked about ever basically since 2015 is how these far right guys have sort of kind of made strides towards legitimizing their platform through like I mean they'll have like a Richard Spencer interview on CNN where I feel like 15 years ago they'd be like no we're not going to put a Nazi on CNN so do you feel like your silliness and your comedy in these TikToks is your way to sort of shoo these people back into the, you know, outside of our, our window. Of- I think that's a perfect analogy because I keep saying, I don't think that I can, I don't think we as a country can get rid of racism, mm-hmm. but we can create an environment where we don't tolerate racism. Yeah. So the racists be quiet. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever get to, I mean, maybe with education and maybe with, time yeah. we can build an America that isn't so racist but I preferred when they were hiding yeah and I pref- I, I think that it's better I firmly believe that there can be no tolerance for intolerance 
Yeah. We, I refuse to even... If you come at me with a discussion where you start with, black people are blank, yeah. I am not going to entertain that discussion. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to tell you... I'm, I'll, well, I'll say you're wrong and that's propaganda and you're mm-hmm. a racist. I'll say that. I'll, I will declare what you have said to be wrong. But I ideologically refuse to get in the mud and yeah. argue about whether racism's okay. I will stand firmly outside and say, hey, that's racist. When you want to stop being racist, we can have a discussion. Yeah. But I'm not going to... Enga- because it's like Sun Tzu says, never let your enemy dictate the battlefield. And they want the battlefield to be, my beliefs are are valid, are valid yeah. and worth discussing. Yeah. And I don't... I think that, like, they believe, they'll come in and they say... You're wrong, and he deserved to be shot, and you have to prove to me that... that and I'm like, nope, I don't. Mm-hmm. You, I don't care what you say. And they're like, you have to have a discussion with me. And I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. And they believe that. Yeah. And they keep being told that like your, your, your beliefs have merit, you should have discussions, you should have arguments. Because that's what those Richard Spencers and those Ben Shapiros and the Charlie Kirks, yeah. these absolute friggin... Mm, words yeah I, I just get so angry and yeah, then i come yeah. up with a lot of swears i don't want to say yeah. and try to come up with like a silly aphorism these silly gooses yeah these donkeys these donkeys yeah. these smooth-brained hippopotami yeah. Yeah. i they're all of these right-wing nazis <laughs> they all think that they're logic they're like i have logic on my side i have facts on my side you're just overly emotional and you need to come and have a discussion with me. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Because no, I don't. Racism is wrong. Yeah. Full stop. There's no discussion to be yeah. had. There's no facts or figures. There's just, yeah. I don't want racism in mm-hmm. my... And no, well, I have the right. And I'm like, well, I have the right to tell, call you a bigot. I also don't think that we should protect hate speech. But that's yeah. a whole nother matter. So... If we go back a little earlier, um, so the original video that got all these right-wing trolls on your case was you were comparing police conduct to your conduct as a as me- a medic. A, well, I didn't shoot anyone, but when we were overseas, we had very stringent rules of engagement. So my argument is, why is it that an 18-year-old soldier can be in Afghanistan? I said Afghanistan weird there. Yeah. I, can be overseas. And have guys with loaded AKs pointed at the point at us, and we didn't fire because that's not the rules of engagement. Why can an 18-year-old at war manage a level of maturity and courage, but these cops, these 20-year yeah. cops, can't not shoot someone in the back? Right. And and they the arguments that people brought to the table. Well, war is different. It shouldn't be. It- why do we treat our enemies, quote unquote, better than our citizens? That's the same. I made an argument. I said, I, I don't think we should use war gas because that's also a war, war gas. Uh, tear gas because that's a war crime. Yeah. And, and people argued, well, just because it's a war crime doesn't mean they can't use it in America. Mm-hmm. Which is a crazy argument. And then the one this yesterday went huge is I said, it's crazy. Literally, same video. Basically, it was just, hey, hey you know what's weird? Is when I was overseas, if you shot at a medic treating a patient... That's a war crime. But the cops do it, and people defend them. And they're, oh, well, rubber bullets don't count, even though they kill people. And tear gassing medics working on patients doesn't count, because they're not real medics, even though it was doctors and nurses. 
And, well, they're protesters first and medics second, which is the most fashy stuff. I can't even imagine a more fashy sentence. And just, it's just, they have an argument for everything. They're going to delegitimize everything. They're going to, I'm not a real soldier. I'm lying. Uh, I'm, I've never seen, if I was a real soldier, I was in the Coast Guard. If I was even in the Coast Guard, I've never seen combat. If I did go overseas, I was a tower uh, guard or something. Like, they always have to delegitimize the opponent, say what what the battlefield is going to be, something that they feel like they can argue, never play defense, always pivot the point, what aboutism, Mm -hmm. and uh, attack. Always be on the attack. And it's it's because they have nothing to defend. What are they going to defend? Being a Nazi? The fascist in office? Yeah. Although they, they do love to say, this is my favorite, I'll say Trump is a fascist. And they'll go, actually, the left is the fascist. <laughs> Which is the stupidest... It's so stupid. Every I get it a thousand times a day. Actually, you saying that we're fascists is the real fascism. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't with your projection and your... <laughs> It's impossible for the far left to be fascist. When they don't have any power in this country? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Fascism is a far-right ideology. Yeah. Could I be authoritarian? Sure. sure. Could I be a socialist, a communist, or a Marxist? Sure, they love throwing that yeah. around. In fact, I agree with a lot of those policies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a fascist. Yeah. Just by definition! Yeah. Every day. You're the real... Calling me a bigot for saying that <laughs> trans people aren't people... Makes you the fascist. And that's how I know that it's okay to make fun of them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of this goes to... So, it sounds like you had a community step up and really support you. And then a yes. community step up and really attack you. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of all of this is your status as a veteran. Sure, I guess. Which, <laughs> which at this point, I feel like goes... Right alongside your status as a queer person. Because those are two facets of your identity that people can easily latch on to, use against you, use for you, etc., etc. And so you talk about people questioning your service a lot. Oh, constantly. Uh, what, what is that like? I think it's really funny. One, it tells me... That they don't have a real argument. Mm. Because if, if, if they could easily argue their beliefs, it wouldn't matter if I were a veteran. Yeah. Because I think what it's saying is, I'm speaking from this position of authority as the thing that they think is a hero. Yes. Saying, your beliefs are wrong. These people are heroes. And they hate that. Yeah. So they immediately try to delegitimize me. But here's the thing. I've been hit by a mortar. Mm-hmm. You telling me that's a lie doesn't undo the brain damage. Yeah. I, it doesn't make the ghosts go away. It doesn't, it doesn't take away the memories, the smells, the tastes of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. It just makes me chuckle because it's just like, okay. And here's the thing. I could easily disprove them. I have my uniform in my other room, my Class A uniform with all my shiny medals and, and everything they want to see. I refuse, I have an idea for a video that I think I'm going to do, but I've so far refused to give them any proof Mm -hmm. because I think it's funny to keep the charade going. I've made a bunch of videos. I made a video where I admitted to Stolen Valor in a very sarcastic way, (laughs) where I said that I was, that 
I, I was just like, You're, you got me. I, it's stolen valor. That's why I have thousands of military friends that I went overseas with to trick them. Yeah. And like, uh, like all my Instagram photos. Because there's, there's also, like if you Google my name, there's me in uniform. There's me being given. There's a picture of me as a senator is like giving me food. Is like one of the top, in, in uniform, uh, is one of the top Google search images. They do that? Well, it was like a senator came to a chow hall to serve oh, food okay. before we went overseas. So somebody took like a candid photo Photoshop. of that. Yeah. There's pictures of me in uniform on a, in, in Instagram, on my Facebook. There's a YouTube video of me in combat, uh, though it's not on my page. Uh, there's, there's, and all public record, uh, yeah. my service is public record. I have medals that are public record. And also, here's the part that makes me laugh the hardest. If I'm lying, I'm brilliant. Yes. Because I'm making these TikToks (laughs) about military culture that are a minute long. So I'm able to evidently research military culture, get a good enough handle on it that I can then condense it into a minute and have soldiers believe me. So like, it's a compliment. When they're like, you're lying. I'm like, well, then I'm the greatest actor. Mm. And I prefer being an actor to a veteran. So thank you for the compliments, sir. So my question is, why do you think people do that? Why do you think they hear the things you're saying and immediately say to themselves, this guy can't be a real veteran. Veterans, there's a, a, a very destructive idea that if you've seen some shit, he said with quotes, <laughs> that you don't talk about it. Right. So if you have been in it, thousand yard stare never talks about it. And I jokingly say I've seen a lot of people die. Now, I... I'm also a paramedic. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's my weird brain or it's my comedy. I don't know what it is about me, but I just don't care. I'll tell you. You ask me a question and I will answer it. it you could be like, what is the worst thing you've ever seen? I'll be annoyed that you asked, but I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if it's maybe years of therapy and having to see new therapists and just getting used to... Maybe it's because I overshare. Yeah. Um, but... I like to use my trauma as part of my comedy, mm-hmm. and I like to. Ca- I think it's funny to casually refer to violence that's been in my life in not serious terms for the joke of just like I've seen yeah. a lot of people die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think they see that and they go, "I don't know anyone who got blown up who acts like this. I don't act like this. That's not what veterans act like. You must be lying." For clout. And they also, I think, believe uh, wrongly that having been in combat gives them some sort of worth or makes them better in some way. You you think people, conservatives, uh, generally put veterans up on a pedestal? Well, yes to that. But these are a lot of veterans that are calling me out. And I think that to them, they... Like, there is an idea in the military that if you saw action... You, good for you. You're yeah. better. You're braver. Or uh, you did the thing. Or you're just like worthy of more praise. Right. I'm sort of fighting a campaign in addition to queer rights of telling these people like, I don't care what you did. If you served, you served. And just because some goat herder shot at you doesn't make you better. Than, not to disparage. Um, uh, not, doesn't make you better than the guy that drove trucks to make sure that you got fed when you got back from your battle. 
And we need them. And we need EOD that takes the bombs out of the road. And we need medics that fix you. And we need doctors and flight. And we need supply guys and armorers and tank fixers, repairmen. And tank fixers? Tank fixers. <laughs> is that the technical term? Sure is. And and Jetman. Jetmans. 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 <laughs> and I, I, it frustrates me that so many veterans are feel like they didn't do anything because they weren't part of the like 1% that sees active combat. Yeah. And as someone who saw active combat, it's not the be-all to end-all. Is it terrifying? Sure. Do I learn a lot about myself as a person? Yes. Does it make me feel like I'm perhaps separate from the rest of society? Maybe. Better? No. I don't think that it gives you more inherent worth. Yeah. I also don't think like a doctor has more inherent worth over an Uber driver. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone has inherent worth over others except Trump, who has no worth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so because there there is this See, I do it now. I can't get you can't, through. We can't go. I can't go very long minutes without you. Without me saying shitting that. on the greatest president of all time. <laughs> Come on, have some respect. I know he's my president too. Yeah. So it, it's interesting, and I think we've talked about this because we both grew up during like the war on terror, mm-hmm. and I remember in that '04 presidential campaign. Anytime a liberal said anything, anything criticizing the war, they said, but I support the troops. And, and there was this, like, I, on the right, you know, you, you see a lot of, like, I, I remember when Caitlyn Jenner first, like, openly came out and was like, you know, oh, yes. blah, 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 blah. And there were these, like, right-wing idiots who were like, that's not brave. Oh, yeah. You know what's brave is driving in Iraq and getting blown up and burr, burr, burr. Oh, my gosh. I, re- <laughs> I wish I could remember how I responded to that. Because I do think I was annoyed. Yeah. Because there was, like, another guy that had, like, lost four of their limbs. And they were like, we should give the medal to that guy. Yeah. He's the runner-up. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't, maybe Caitlyn Jenner should. I, I probably was on the wrong side of that. Yeah. Hey, we grow. We thank God I didn't have a platform then. Yeah. Thank God TikTok wasn't around then. Oh my God. Yes. But there is <laughs> there is the it being a veteran is currency in a lot of c- circles. Oh, I'm using it as that. Yeah. I start a lot of videos with I'm a combat medic or yeah. I serve my country or I'm a veteran, which I also think makes them annoyed because I'm doing it on purpose to speak from a position of authority. Yeah. I'm saying, hey, what I'm about to say has more worth. Because I was blown up in a dumb war. Yeah. Not that all wars are bad. I, I just have mixed feelings about Afghanistan. I uh, I keep throwing myself off track. Off the track. Get, yeah. Like, as I actively try to, like, censor myself. Yeah. It's the left! And their censorship! They're the real fascists! Everything you say has offended me thus far. Good. So... <laughs> we'll, we'll get into how someone's always offended. Oh yeah, we have we have to touch on that. But what were we talking so, about? So you. Oh, I and like. Do I think it gives you some unique authority to speak on certain matters? Absolutely. I just don't agree with this idea that the right seemingly holds that like combat is the mark. Mm-hmm. Of of worth or like a good man, and if it is, then extend that to me and my beliefs. Exactly. So I'm sort of doing both. I'm saying I don't agree with this, 
But if it is, if you do, listen to me. Yeah. Because I did your dumb thing. Mm -hmm. I did the manliest thing you could do. And I'm not a man. Yeah. So put that in your pipe. Yeah. And they hate that. They hate that. Because this is also like, you got to remember, there's sexism involved. You know, Mm -hmm. women don't serve in combat. Or when they do, they're often um, uh, considered like, that doesn't count. Yeah. Like, even I think I've said some silly things before about, like, whether or not women should be in the infantry based on their size. That the more I learn, the more I'm like, that isn't true. That episode will probably come out later. The Bumblebee episode. If you hear it after the fact, I've changed my views. Yeah. You you were so worried after that. I was worried about that. I barely even noticed. (laughs) Because I'm constantly, like, re-questioning the things that I believe. And, like, some of them, that... Women shouldn't serve in combat thing is a direct holdover from being told it every day in my military career. Women are smaller than you. They can't lift big, strong men. Big, strong men should be combat people. But, like, women are gunners. I knew women that were gunners. It's fine. Women could be in combat. Do you think, going back to something we talked about earlier about this idea of where you got your concept of masculinity from, do you think the military played into that? Oh, of course. I'm sure that it fed into it. Uh, a lot. I mean, my father isn't a traditionally masculine man's man. He's a he's I I would say a sensitive like good person, and yeah. he like listens. And I mean, does he have a temper? He sure does. But uh, he he's he was a good role model, and like he's not just like a hard drinking man's yeah. man. Whatever that idea is, the military then kind of taught me like not that. Yeah. Be aggressive Mm -hmm. and be... I will say that the military... It's hard because the military has both values I agree with and also a culture that is problematic. Mm -hmm. There are values of like honor, respect, dignity, courage, never leave a fallen comrade. I don't know if that counts as a value. But like they have literal values just like the Boy Scouts where you like memorize them and you say them every day. And I think that then you try to live by those values... And, and But there's also that, like, yeah, rah, rah. I was in the infantry, so we were, like, chest-pounding. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody is making fun of each other. It's super edgy and, like, oh, don't be a, don't be a puss. Yeah. You know, that kind yeah. of junk. Which is fine. I get why. But then I think it's problematic in the same way I think toxic masculinity is problematic. It creates an environment where it's telling people that, like, hey, don't get mental health. Yeah. It's not okay to get mental health. Even though the military itself is like, hey, mental health is important. Mm-hmm. There's still that stigma. Yeah. Every veteran will tell you that like, as soon as you start to go, hey, maybe I'm not okay, you're going to lose people. Yeah. People are going to get mad. I get yelled at for being on disability. You know, a lot of us have PTSD and we work, which is what I said yeah. when I was working with PTSD. Like, I get it. You know, you're mad at the guy who gets, you know. So what... You know, you, you've mentioned a few times what you used to be like. Um, what changed? I, I was exposed to more of the people that I was told to hate. You know? Like, the military... I mean, race... I mean, I've, I've, I I've think I was more racist because I just picked up on the inherent racist uh, institutions that we have. Oh, well, you know, why black people wouldn't be in jail if... Blah blah blah. Whatever yeah, the dumb yeah. talking point yeah. is, and then it takes a while for you to learn. Like, well, they're over policed, yeah. and you know this is a holdover from the Jim Crow era, mm-hmm. and this is also, 
you know, there's a million reasons why looking at just a statistic. But when you get told that, it yeah, I think I think in a in a propaganda works because it's easy to accept. It's easier to accept. Please forgive me, anyone listening. It's easy to accept something uh, like black people commit more crime and that's why they're in jail for some than to accept there is system-wide injustice that you are every day a part of and it's in every single one of our institutions from top to bottom and in order to fix it we're going to have to do unbelievable structural renovation that i think is and also by the way accept that you have privilege and you've been yeah you've been a party to this and in fact are making it worse right so like that is such a big ask it's I, in, a necessary ask, yeah. but I get why they would rather take that simple racist solution mm-hmm. and why I took it as a 22-year-old or whatever. And there's, there, there's also like, when I worked in Hartford, I had a lot of black patients. So you just start to make assumptions. But I'm not interacting with every black person who's ever existed. So right. like taking any anecdotal evidence from that is going to lead to problems. Mm-hmm. And I don't, as I got old, and also, but then, you know, then I worked with black people every day. So I just was like, you're just people. Yeah. You're, some of you are great and some yeah. of you are awful. Yeah. And, and eventually you just stop being, and I think the military is good at that too, because I, I worked with people of every race, creed and color and mm-hmm. religion. And it just becomes like, yeah, you're just people. Yeah. And then I get into the LGBTQ community and I was like, this isn't scary. This yeah. isn't. Nobody's trying to trick me, yeah. as is the strange fear. Yeah. <laughs> it's just people living their lives who are amazing and, and wholesome and kind. Yeah. And then, you know, I used to say the F slur a lot, um, which I don't want to say on the podcast. No. And then a friend of mine said, hey, when you say that, it really hurts me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I won't say it anymore. Mm. And now I don't. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know. That doesn't, that doesn't seem that hard to me. But for some, whoo! Wow, it sounds like you learned. <laughs> I know. I did some things. I hurt some people. They let me know that I hurt them, and then I grew as a person. Yeah. <laughs> what Who would have thought that's the process you go about it? If only we could do that <laughs> for everyone. Country, yeah. And it's a. I don't know. And I know I still hold stupid beliefs. And, but now I'm, I'm on like a crusade of just like, if I find a belief, I want to know, why do I believe this? Mm. Do I even believe it? And I, I hopefully, I, I honestly, in these live chats, I've been able to like, on TikTok, I've been able to ask questions about like gender identity and, and the confusions that I have. Yeah. And even sometimes be like, I don't get this. Why is this yeah. a thing? And then people are just so, they'll answer me and it's great. Mm-hmm. So you're learning a lot, too. I'm learning an incredible amount. And I think I'm growing a ton as a person. Definitely. Um, so let's, getting back to TikTok, let's talk about the trolls. Sure. Um, and I first want to talk about the trolls coming from the right, but then a little about the trolls coming from the left. <sighs> because those really <laughs> seem to get your goat. But yeah, they do. So... You had an incident with a guy who questioned your service, which we've established is like a normal tactic for people attacking you from the right. But then he like, he, I forget exactly. Are you comfortable talking about this? The guy that was in my unit? Yeah. Sure. I mean, I don't want to, I'm not going to give his name or anything. It turned out a guy who said like, you weren't overseas, 
you're lying because you said you saw people die, but we only lost two soldiers, which is true. And I was kind of waiting for someone to say something stupid like that. And I responded with a post being like, I don't know who you are. Obviously, you Googled me because uh, I didn't know he served with me at that point. And I was like, it doesn't just because two, only two soldiers died doesn't mean other people didn't die. Right. Because that's what I'm talking about. I yeah. saw a lot of civilians and, and enemy uh, combatants yeah. die, although yeah. the enemy combatants not as much because they were further away. It was a lot of civilians and A&A, uh, Afghan National Army. And I made this post, which blew up and got like 100,000 views. And I went to my unit and was like, does anybody know this person? And it turns out that they did. And I felt really bad because I didn't want to cause any unnecessary suffering Mm-hmm. To someone who is clearly... Anyone who feels the need to reach out and attack like that, I can't imagine is doing great. I, I doubt... I don't want to read into too much, but I think that that comes from a place of hate, and I don't want to add to that. Especially someone that I, like, potentially knew. Right. But I decided in the end that I thought the message was important enough, and enough other veterans had told me that, like, seeing me say that helped them, that I thought that the... Potential good outweighed the potential bad. But that decision, as you know, because I called you about it, was like an Mm all-day back and forth. And I take this platform extremely seriously. Maybe it's because I'm 32. I've been a leader in the military. I understand the value that leadership brings. But if 140,000 people are following me, a lot of them young... I feel a need to be careful about what I say, to only put out content that I agree with, not hurt anyone. So I, I sticky to message, which a lot of people appreciated saying, do not attack this guy. Don't go to his page. Don't go to his videos. I don't, do not brigade him. Do not dox him. I said what I needed to say. This is done. Yeah. Even if he responds, this is between me and him. And I try to make a point of doing that. Sometimes. Sometimes when they're just trolls, I don't care. Yeah. So I guess it depends on the level of vitriol that comes at me and what I can glean about them as a person. Would you... uh, We were talking about this before we started recording is... And one thing I've noticed is... So you, you said you're like a... You feel like you're defending these people from trolls or whatever... Um, but what is the effect it's having on your day-to-day mental mindset? Constantly, essentially being at war with hundreds of thousands of people. Well, the death threats don't help yeah. my feelings of safety. Um, even though I don't take them seriously, it's still... You know, I have PTSD. Yeah. People have tried to kill me. Yeah. So, I don't love that. It's... It's not what they're saying usually that bothers me. It's the arrogance and the ignorance and how they're all just... Every single one of them thinks that they're the first one to have this thought and... They're so arrogant about it, and they're like, yeah, stupid liberal, bet you didn't think of this. And it's like, not only did I think of that, Mm -hmm. 500 other people said the same damn thing. Mm -hmm. You're not clever. 
you're not the first one to think. And like that, that annoys me so much because they're just so smug. Yeah. Um, and they're wrong. Everything they say is just easily disproven propaganda. Jacob Blake had a knife. No, he didn't. Yeah. I googled it. There's so many sources that say he didn't have a knife. It's a lie. And then they'll go, well, then it was in his car. Because that's what they do, right? They're never... you Arguing with them is so pointless. They will yeah. never, ever, ever concede anything. One night... I think this is a really good example. One night this guy came at me. You're not a real medic. Or no, he said... If you even are a medic, who cares? Because medics don't do shit. It's all about CLS. Now, what CLS is, is we taught every single soldier three basic ways to save a life. Because there's a good chance the medic's not going to be right there. Mm. But if you throw a tourniquet on, or you clear an airway, or you or you pop a lung with a needle, that guy's probably going to live, you know? So we taught him how to do... We used to teach him how to do IVs. But here's the problem. IVs are scary. Yes. Learning how to do an IV is scary. Yes. So these guys got so friggin' focused on IVs that they stopped being able to do anything Ooh. else. So you'd get a guy who would show up to the medic with two of his legs blown off and no tourniquets, but hey, he's got double saline locks. Oh, God. And is dead. So we stopped teaching them how to do saline locks because it's just too much pressure for their, for their mm-hmm. little... For their little they're a little hearts to take. Yeah. I'm being rude, but yeah. whatever. What, what does CLS um, stand for exactly? Combat Life Saver. Oh, okay. I've taught a lot of CLS classes. Like a lot of them. That was part of my job as a medic. I made sure that everyone in my platoon not only was CLS qualified, but I also every couple of months was like, Hey, everybody. we're." Do- yeah. I, I, taught, I taught my guys how to do IVs because I was with them constantly. And if I get hurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good point. So, but I'd let them practice on me and I was really good about like getting them to a place where they were comfortable and, and constantly reinforcing this guy, this commenter's like, yeah, CLS is the only real people. And I was like, oh my God, you're, you're like the, I don't remember what I said, but he was like, you're not a real medic. And I was like, all right, buddy. And I started to engage with him and he comes at me. He's like, yeah, you're a real medic. Why don't you tell me what artery a saline lock goes in? And I was like, oh my God, you're so dumb. Yeah. You're so dumb. And this is the only thing you know. He just kept bringing up IVs. He brought them up like three or four times. And I was like, this is it. This is the one thing you know. You're the reason that we don't do this anymore. Also, you don't put an intravenous anything into an artery. Because uh, that's not how... It's intravenous, as in in the vein. As in... uh, And I said to him, I was like, I don't know what moron puts puts an IV in in an artery. And you know what he did? completely pivoted to being like, you're not a real, you're not a real medic. Uh, and I was like, actually, I am a real medic. I served under the infantry. I was in combat. I have a combat medic badge, which is one of the hardest badges to get. It means that you were attached to an infantry battalion that received direct attack from the enemy. A soldier was wounded. You did your job as a medic while under direct enemy fire. Does that, does that mean you can do as little as put a Band-Aid on while getting shot at? Sure does, but still. Still. But still. Yeah. yeah. Um... I don't remember which of the attacks is when I got my medal, um, but I got it, so I, I'm very proud of it in a weird way, but I, like, this, so I, for whatever reason, like, engaged with this guy, told him I had it, and he just kept calling me a liar, and he was like, where did you serve? And I gave him my, but I was like, I served with this battalion in this location on this fob at this time, and he came back and went, I googled it, and 
the 86th Brigade Combat Team is actually stationed out of Bagram. And it's like, no shit, it's a brigade. I was in a battalion. And he's like, you didn't give me the battalion. And I and I had. It's the first of the one or second. And I said that in the message. And finally I was like, why am I engaging with this yeah, idiot? Yeah, that's... Yeah. Why? Because no matter what you say, it doesn't matter. We are past a point where people concede an argument. It, it, they're just going to pivot. They're just going to... Oh, you you proved me wrong with the one thing I know about medicine? I still don't believe yeah. you. Yeah. Post a picture of yourself in your uniform. And I was like, why? You'll just tell me it's fake. You can just buy ribbons. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, too, is that there is a troll strategy. And I, I, I have done this, but not in, like, political arguments or whatever, um, where you accuse someone of doing something fake they present evidence that um they've done it and then just to fuck with them you're still not going to accept it so you keep trying to point out like oh you bought that uniform at party city even though you know you're like okay this this guy for me it was okay this guy does listen to grindcore so blah 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 i think that you can tell a troll i don't i maybe some I don't think trolls are as nuanced anymore. Because really? the trolls that come on my comments say, Trump 2020, or we should shoot everybody, or or Biden's a pedophile, you're a racist. It's super boring. And it, and this guy, he had videos yeah. of like himself in uniform. So I just think that he's a dummy. Oh, okay. Based on his profile and the way he argued and the smugness, I think he's just a moron. Because I would say things like, well, actually, buddy, I was in combat for weeks. And he responded, ha, that's not how it works. <laughs> and I'm like, we took a rocket every three hours yeah. for multiple weeks. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Maybe you would say that's wrong. Counts as sustained combat. Because we were in our trucks waiting to get mm-hmm. the, for the rocket. And like, whatever. I Also, like, he did a good job of getting me to argue this point. I usually don't engage with the trolls or I will just mock them, mm-hmm. which I think is a good strategy because they'll put a comment and I want them to come back, right? So I'll just say, hey, thanks for playing, champ. Yeah. And then they'll respond three or four times, which gives me engagement, mm-hmm. which boosts the video. Mm-hmm. And then I just don't respond to those. Or if I do, I'll just say, propaganda, liar. <laughs> and that makes them really mad. Do you think, um, but the, the the question I was getting at was, does I, I'll speak for myself. I know that when I used to, because I used to get into a fair amount of like Facebook arguments, Twitter arguments, um, but then I stopped because even if you are right, which you are in this context, engaging with people in such a negative context, it took a toll on me because I I realized that it was taking my own personal focus away from positivity and more on just like, fuck you, you're wrong. I'm going to spite you, smite you with facts and blah, blah, blah. Do you feel like that's happened at all? I don't argue the way I used to. I used to get into actual arguments that I would try to win Mm -hmm. with facts or points or whatever. I almost never do that now. Yeah. Occasionally I'll say, you're lying, Trump's killed this many people. Mm -hmm. Just to be like, whatever. But most of the time I will argue a little just to get them to connect 
and then other people will come in and they'll argue, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm sort of like inspiring other people. My goal is always like I post something, it's usually divisive. I'll, I'll, in I'll engage for the first hour or so just to keep things rolling and then I just don't pay attention anymore. Okay. Or I have like stock responses. Someone will come in and I'll say, you know, trans men are men and if you don't agree, you're a bigot. And they'll come, oh, actually, you're the bigot. And I'll just type in quotes, no you. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good I A lot of what I do is just I just say whatever rhetoric they're using yeah. where they'll come in and be like, what about Biden? And I'll just write, what about ism? Yeah. And I'll just say whatever rhetorical tactic they're using, I'll just say, hey, nice pivot. Yeah. Oh, hey, nice not playing defense. Hey, nice firehood of falsehoods. Yeah. Hey, way to uh, an ad hominem attack. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that doing that by not engaging with the substance of their non-argument and only paying attention to the meta subtext of what they're doing I'm not really engaging with them because I don't respect them or their beliefs. And then I think that by... I, and and, see, and then I'll, I'm so inspired by seeing other people take up this fight, either in my comments or on their own videos. They tag me a lot like, hey, I made this video. You yeah. inspired me. That gives me enough... That buoys me above the hate enough yeah. that I can keep going back in and keep engaging. Because it is. It's... It's like this slow wound each day with each new video where I get stabbed and it slowly bleeds out. And then the support of these other people being like, hey, you standing up for trans people means the world for, to me. That one comment means so much more to me than a hundred like, actually, yeah. biology says. Yeah, because I don't yeah. care what your eighth grade yeah. understanding of genetics is. If I'm making some 17-year-old get through the day, that's worth it. To have a thousand bigots say mm -hmm. something stupid, whatever yeah. you know, I'm a big boy. I'll I'll be fine, or I'll cry about it in the shower. I, <laughs> at least right now, I don't know what the sustainability of this is yeah. because oh well, my god, we'll get to that. That's what we're gonna talk about. But next. right now, I genuinely believe. And we could back it up with facts if you want. But I believe that Trump is a fascist. Mm -hmm. uh, not a powerful one yet. I don't think he's a dictator. I don't think that he's end of the Third Reich Hitler. But I think that he's early in the stages of fascism fascist who is consolidating power and testing his boundaries. Yeah. And I genuinely believe that if we don't win this election, that at the very least women, LGBTQ people, myself black folk, I think a lot of people will be having a really hard time. Do I, I also think we'll lose the Republic. But, uh, so I think this is a fight for the country. And I swore an oath. Mm. And that doesn't go away just because I'm med medically retired. Can I put a uniform on and go somewhere? No. But I can get online and I can try to do something. I have a platform of 140,000 people. My goal is to say, hey, Pay attention, this is important. Go vote, volunteer, do something, you know? And so in, in, at least until the election, I'm going to weather whatever hate is thrown my way as long as I have a platform to say, hey, this guy is a fascist. If 140,000 of you vote, that's significant. Go vote. <laughs> and I, I, 
I help in other ways too with mental health and with hope and all that junk. But my biggest thing is to just, we got to fight this guy. Yeah. We got to fight the rise of his cult. We have to fight bigotry and racism and xenophobia and, and, and transphobia and homophobia, which are on the rise. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I guess to just sort of try to wrap things up here is, you know, I, I think this, the reason we chose to do this episode was, um, you know, Trump has been going back and forth about banning this app. <laughs> I got a very dramatic text last weekend from you. Do you want to tell them? I was, so I was, um, <laughs> I was at the Fifth Borough Comedy Festival waiting to perform. And I got a text from Patrick that said, I don't know what the exact words were, but it said, it's over. <laughs> The, go the governor's calling it. It's over. And I thought like a terrorist attack had happened. I thought we were going back into lockdown. But then uh, you sent me a voice memo talking about how they were going to ban TikTok. <laughs> and, you know, I, I tried to, I understood you were very upset, but it, you know, I was, I was thrown to say the least. <laughs> and then in this past week, um... There have been different stories coming out. There was one earlier this week where a story from Reuters where they said, yeah, it's going to go away on Sunday. It's all going to be over. And I'll be honest, I was kind of bummed because I've been using it too. And it's mm -hmm. fun. And, you know, I, you inspired me. I started my own account, tried to peel back some of my cynicism, be nice, reach out to people, talk about my eating disorder and all that. And it was, it's interesting and it's fun. And I've seen TikTok described as the last positive corner of the internet. And then it came out on Wednesday, it was going to be banned. Now, like half hour before we start this podcast, <laughs> I get another update from Reuters saying Trump's going to... It's not banned, yeah. maybe. or <sighs> So my question is, uh, you know, and... Let's not forget, there's an election coming up about 45 days from now. Yeah, there is. So, uh, what do you see happening in... Because who knows, a year from now, like, God knows what the world will be like. But for the next few months, what do you see happening in terms of TikTok, in terms of your platform, and dare I ask, the election? I mean, I'm going to make TikToks... I've been trying to branch to other platforms, but TikTok is been the best place for my comedy mm -hmm. and I think that like I'm not sure what it is about TikTok maybe it's that it's only a minute maybe it's the the fact that it's the most engaging of the apps like you just get one video on the screen you either watch it or you don't you know it so when I'm on the screen people are are liking it I have almost six million views yeah. in three weeks um, so it's, for me, it was like, I mean, we've been grinding at comedy for, yeah. I mean, I've been grinding at comedy from at least 2016 and mm -hmm. exclusively. And before that, you know, I was, uh, you know, writing and, and trying, like, I've just been trying to get a platform and now I have one yeah. almost overnight and it's huge. I mean, maybe 140,000 isn't that big, but it's big for me and the idea that that would just all go away. Yeah. That it would just disappear overnight because of the guy that I'm on a crusade yeah. against. Yeah. Just decides on a whim like, ugh, no more TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 
And then the idea that I would have to start over mm-hmm. and like re and then go through the the slow agonizing process of building a community and I was like I don't I don't want to do it again. I this feels like I'm getting traction finally for the first time. And it's improved my comedy, I think. Like I not just coming out of the closet, but this has I've so like here's an easy example. I run across a lot of deaf creators. Mhm. And they're like, you need to subtitle your video. It's so ableist to make content that I can't enjoy. And I that, that struck me and I was like, you're right. That is ableist. And also, just from a purely marketing standpoint, 40% of social media users have the sound turned off. Yeah. So just having, like, I will get more engagement just from having subtitles, but it takes forever. So it what does. I do is I make the video, I, I, I save the video privately, take it from my phone, airdrop it to my laptop... I put it into an editing program, I mess with the sound, I mess with the lighting, then I move it over to a subtitling program on the internet mm. where I individually, and now I could just put blocks of text, a lot of people do that, but I have decided that my deaf audience deserves the same comedic timing mm-hmm. as, my, as my, whatever the opposite of deaf audience, yeah. hearing audience. Hearing. So I will go in and I will try to make the subtitles appear with comic timing. So if there's a, if there's a pause and then a punchline, I will break up and do the paw and I will try to, and I've learned through that, that I can put little jokes that everyone will see. So when I say Trump is a fascist, in the subtitles it'll say Trump is a no good stupid fascist or something. And then it's just, I've been finding ways to increase um, just engagement in different ways. And now I, there's videos where I'll wear seven different hats where with each cut there's a new hat yeah. stacked on yeah. top of each other. And I'm, I don't know, the joy of experimenting, of being like, how can I add to these videos? People already like my voice. They already like my candor. How can I pack even more comedy into a mm-hmm. minute so they'll watch again for the stuff that they missed? And I think that's making me a better writer. That's making me a better performer. It's making me a better director. It's teaching me how to edit. It's everything. And I'm so terrified to go back to stand in basement, yeah. say joke, no one laughs. Yeah, yeah. When I have this thing that's working, that's making me better, that makes me feel like a leader and a part of a community and a funny person. So, like, I don't want it to go away. Yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't, I, this could be a career. Yeah. Sarah made it into a career. She did. Other people make it into careers. It's like, you know. So, um, you know, the good news is it it doesn't sound like it's going to go away. Until it does. Until it does. <laughs> I mean, yeah, honestly, like, we could... I don't believe anything We anymore. could end this podcast and it be Reuters there's update. Probably, there's yeah. probably another... Oh, Trump... Trump took it back. Yeah. It's at, I bet the app has been banned from my phone. Yeah. While we were talking. Well... Here's what I wanted to... I'm now checking it because I do have anxiety. Oh, okay. Is that why it was going off this whole time? Was it? I kept lighting up. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. I've probably gotten thousands of comments while we've been talking. So, um, you know, it it is... I do think it's amazing the platform you've built. um, But it is a social media. Sure. And um, there... A lot of people are talking about this documentary. I haven't seen it yet, The Social Dilemma. But I was told that 
Social media apps like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter are um, based off of sort of a lot of psychological principles that are exploited to get people addicted to their phones. You know, the rush of dopamine. Like I had a video that blew up and like that rush of dopamine where you're like, ah! but then 10 minutes later you're like, well, I need another one. I need mm-hmm. another one. And I, I'm sure you feel that way quite often. I can tell you... That if I have a video that's currently going viral, I'm having a good day. Yeah. And if and I have a video go viral every three days or so. Yeah. So that means there are two days, yep. like today, where I'm like, it's all over! Yeah. I'll never hit the For You page again! There's also this thing called shadow banning. Yes. Where rant, if you say the wrong things, or just at random, or maybe it doesn't exist, probably does, TikTok will just will just slow your views to a crawl and I'm so terrified of that because now this there's also like we don't know you know the algorithm might not get sold so maybe Trump just said yes and everything's fine and my life will be good but maybe the algorithm doesn't get sold and then I have to there's so many things I have no control over where at any moment everything I've built could just go away Mm -hmm. which is terrifying but it's also, like, you're absolutely right. The dopamine... Okay, so I have a Twitter and an Instagram. There was a time where if my tweet got 100 likes, who boy, yeah. that's a good tweet. Yeah. Now, if my video gets under 10,000 views in the first hour, yeah. I'm like, what did I do wrong? Yep. This is a bad... And then I just question myself all day. I'm like, do people not like puppets? Like, what is... <laughs> That was today. I did a puppet. And I was like, people must hate puppets. <laughs> and I will... I, The numbers have... Like I said, I have 6 million views in three weeks. Which is unbelievable. That's crazy. Some of my videos have been seen by millions of people. Yeah. I should just be happy. happy. Yeah. But all I do is compare. Yeah. There was a day where I got 700,000 views in a day. I haven't hit that again. Mm-hmm. So that means every day since has been worse. Yeah. It isn't. Yeah. I'm s- but now it's like, ugh, I only got 6,000 new followers today. Yeah. I'm worried because yesterday was seven. Yeah. Does that mean I'm trending down? Yeah. All I'm thinking about is the analytics and I'm pouring over them because this is the job that I want. Yeah. And I've been slaving away. I don't want to use that term. I've been working really hard at <laughs> comedy. Yeah. And now, and like, you, you know what goes into stand-up comedy. Oof, yeah. And so now that it's working, I'm like, how do I optimize this? But at the same time, making videos that I believe in. Because I, I don't want to just chase yeah. trends or be well, cheap. The thing I, 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 I didn't know how to communicate this properly last weekend, though, was there's an inherent risk um, to putting all your chips into any type of online platform. Sure, I could just get banned. Yeah. And it's also like, you know, you have hundreds and thousands... Like, being being in a band taught me, you make an event for your next show, and you'll get, like, 200 people who click going. And you're like, oh, this is going to be lit. And then you get there, and there's, like, 10 people there. Sure. Comedy, and, baby. Yeah, yeah. And so... It's, you know, there is this inherent risk and like, 
having grown up during like the rise of MySpace, where a band was like huge on MySpace, but then like that, it was a trend and it sort of would very quickly fade and they would just be forever known as a MySpace band. You know, to this day, literally on the elevator, my friend messaged me saying, hey, I'm in this MySpace revival band or whatever. <laughs> so, and that was my concern was, you know, last weekend you voiced it as like, this is all I have. This is, and I I just think, do you, do you like understand, and especially with the volatility of like, this is an app that the president of the United States has it out for. Yup. <laughs> that bothers me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's really tough because it's teaching. Here's a couple things. I didn't get big doing something viral. I wasn't like a viral dance. Yeah. It wasn't a meme. People came for me. Maybe well, a couple of my earlier posts, I think, were just like, oh, you know, he said a police thing. Mm-hmm. But since then, I've gone viral. It depends on how you see viral. If you say viral over a million, I've got two uh, viral videos some close. If it's over 100,000, then I've got like 10. Yeah. So I've... I know that people like what I'm doing. When they comment, people come in every day. You're my favorite TikTok creator. You're my favorite thing I've found. You made me feel better. Your videos always make me feel good. I'm, I've am i gained at least 3,000 followers in a couple days, migrating over to Instagram, yes. a couple of on my YouTube and, and my Twitter. It's really hard to get people to migrate yeah. platforms. Yeah. Uh, but, and looking at other content creators, I see that like, they also don't even like the huge content creators on TikTok have tiny Instagrams because people just like TikTok. Yeah, it's true. So it's tough because I, I don't want to put all my eggs in that basket, but that basket is exploding every day. Every time I make a TikTok, it just, the ball moves faster. And... I'm learning like, okay, I've got the talent, I've got the skills, I'm able to make videos every day and edit and, and you know, I, I, the well is not running dry. Those are all things that if this app goes away, will not go away. Yes. My talent, my video editing skills, everything I'm learning as I do this, my comedy, I don't know how to get it to spread anymore though. I don't know how to get it to go to other platforms or turn it into a career. Mm-hmm. I'm going to plug this podcast. I'm going to plug yeah. my other channels more, but I don't know. Well, maybe the... I just work in minute long chunks and I need to find another TikTok thingy. Well, the thing, the one, the one idea from the comedy industry that I kind of agree with and I, which some people it annoys, but they say that, you have to do a lot of things in like conjunction. Like you, you, it's a good idea to have a podcast. Hello, welcome. To have, let's say, a TikTok or or funny videos on Instagram. To do stand up. To write for a TV show. To have like a spread of wealth. Well, I am posting on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, yeah. TikTok. I don't really make YouTube videos, but I. I probably will start. Yeah. And then we've got this podcast. Yeah. So I think I'm doing that. Yeah. It's just that TikTok is where people like me. Yeah. And I... I, Here's my thought. TikTok puts me in front of new people. Mm -hmm. That's why TikTok's good. The For You page, when I get on there, I get new followers, I get attention. 
I don't think Instagram and Twitter really have that. Instagram yeah. and Twitter is about who you know and how yeah. famous you already are or how hot you are. Yeah. And it's hard to build a platform there. But TikTok, if you're if you have if you're really funny, mm-hmm. you'll just do well. Yeah. Or you have high quality content or you're hot. Yeah. Those are the things. Dude, being hot, it doesn't matter what the social media God platform. forbid you're hot and funny. Dude, that well, I don't believe in that. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not that I, I just can't. Like oh, my be, brain, you'd be surprised because there's some gorgeous oh, creators. I know, but my funny. brain just can't accept it. It's like, no, that's not fair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, is there is there anything you want to say in in summary about? I do want to get into before we finish this. I want to talk about how much I hate the left. Oh, problematic, Patrick. That's right. Here we go. If you made it this far in 140... That's not how time works. Uh, an hour and 45 minutes in. We're going to talk about how I... I get a lot of hate from the right. Yeah. I'm also attacking the right with my videos. Yeah. And calling them fascists yeah. and cowards. Yeah. So I expect it and I don't care. Mm. I largely think anyone who supports Donald Trump... Here's the thing. You stop supporting Donald Trump, your family again. Welcome home. I love you. I'll embrace you. As long as you are on team fascists, we're yeah. not, we're, I don't, I don't like you. That's my, that's my stance there. So when I look at them and I see their comments, I don't think of, I don't take them that personally. And I don't even really believe that they believe them. I just am like this poor gas, gaslighted, yeah. this poor person that's in a cult that can't yeah. escape. Yeah. I wish I could get through to you. Yeah. But when someone on my own team Shoots me in the back. Yeah. Ooh, do I get a fiery rage? I am. It's okay, a wait, wait, month. Wait. Let, let, so let's give some examples. I get a lot of people telling me that me being in the military is disgusting. That I'm an imperialist. That I uh, I have no ground to stand on saying the cops shouldn't shoot innocent people. Because I shot innocent people overseas. Just a very unnuanced understanding of the military. A very black and white view of the world where all armed conflict is bad. And Mm. anyone who's a part of it is bad. And wouldn't we just be a better country if we stayed within our borders? Which is is nationalism, by the way. I don't know. Really? Well, it's that idea. That's what Trump wanted to do. America first. Isolationism. Isolationism. That's part of nationalism. Oh, we protect ours. Yeah. We're not helping anybody else. Mm. And I know there's a lot of people... We could have a long, nuanced conversation about the efficacy of America in other parts of the world. But I just think it's dumb to be like, America is just it's fascist and anyone who's a soldier is a fascist. Granted, that's the argument I'm making about Yeah, Trump. I was about to say... So, first of all, why do you think people say things like that? People on the left say things like that to you because they believe it okay and and why do you think they they believe that because there's a lot of reasons that you could point at in isolation about the military that's bad we have bases all over the world a lot Mm -hmm. of your tax dollars go to paying for bases in other countries some say that's a fear tactic because there are no countries with bases in america i say that's us exerting our soft power around the rest of the world because dictators exist and we're the big guy with the big stick and the UN wants us to be there. Again, that's not 100% accurate, as is it is not accurate to say that all war is bad all the time forever. Yeah. 
It's nuanced. It's complicated. I don't agree with most of the wars in the Middle East, but I, I understand the nuance of like, well, we're there and we can't just leave. Yeah. And it's complicated and it's, it's, there's been a lot of good and there's been a lot of bad and it's just muddled. Yeah. And so I'll never say all soldiers are good. And I will, but just in the same breath, I won't say all soldiers are bad. You'll also notice that I don't use ACAB. And I don't say all cops are bad. I just say that the institutions they protect are racist. Because they are. But I don't believe that every cop is inherently a racist, terrible person. And I think there needs to be nuance in these conversations. But people want to come at me and attack. And now granted, like, I think it's, you're, you're right. I am saying Trump's a fascist and people who support him support fascism. And that's a similar argument that the left is leveling on the, the very far left is leveling on the military industrial complex. Mm -hmm. But that's not, that's not what fascism is. Is it authoritarian? Wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm a little confused. The military isn't. The military isn't fascism? I don't believe that having a strong military is fascism. It is a sign. Isn't that one of the, like... I'm going to challenge you a little bit. Sure, please do. Um, I might be wrong. I read, yeah, I'm, I'm wrong. You know, I read... Uh, I forget his name. Some Italian guy um, who lived under Mussolini. He did, like, a 12 points of fascism. And, you know, one of the underlying uh, beliefs of fascism, I think, is that, you know, constant war. Sure. The, and, like, strength and, like, the military. The military does play a big part in fascism i would say i mean like that hitler would just ha- have the tanks oh i agree with constantly. you i agree with you yeah, completely yeah. but i don't think that that means that all standing militaries are therefore fascists right right because obama also reduced the size of the military yeah. granted he drone struck yeah, a lot of people he, which is a whole different yeah, conversation yeah but he, he reduced the size of the military which i also agree with i would say take a solid quarter of the military budget and put it towards infrastructure, healthcare, education, maybe even more. Mm. I don't think that means that we should stop. I I don't I don't want to hear somebody's opinion about something they know nothing about being spoken about in just these. Like I have no problem saying Trump is a fascist because he has said he's going to run for a third term. And he's killed 200,000 Americans with a blatant lie and a million other public reasons that I could point to. But what I won't do is question, uh, like, when, like, this is a very difficult line to walk. I think if you have, if you're like a, if somebody wants to come in and they're like a, a, a history scholar and they want to tell me why every war is bad, I'll listen for a while. But... It's never that. It's never like, it's never a professor who's like, actually, the military-industrial complex is inherently evil, and here's why. It's always some some jag who's just like, <laughs> yo, man, you're you're a baby killer because yeah. all war is evil. And I'm like, well, that's just like a really unnuanced opinion. Yeah. And it does, and also like, I was a combat medic who treated civilians. Yeah. So like. Full stop, I did good things. Yeah, yeah, Could you argue that, like, I was with an occupying force? Sure. That I also met people in Afghanistan that wanted us to be there and were very glad for our presence. Mm-hmm. And other people who hated us so much, they shot, shot at us. Shot rockets, yeah. So, it just... I don't think... 
I don't think having a strong military necessarily makes us fascist. Or, or at least, I think that that's a conversation mm-hmm. that needs to be had. A nuanced conversation. As opposed to pointing at the last six months and going, well, this is unacceptable behavior. Mm-hmm. What he's doing with the military is very fascist. The way yeah. he's attacking uh, generals on soil that, that isn't ours. Or, or what was that, Iraq? Oh, yeah, yeah. Iran. 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 And, and the way that he wants to have like military parades in the streets yeah. Yeah. and all this other insane nonsense. Yeah. That's all. That all screams fascism to me. Yeah. I, I don't... I'm so glad the military doesn't hold... Yeah. Big hoorah parades in America. Yeah, I that's think weird. that's it. Do I think that we have jingoistic, uh, rah rah patriotism to a level that is almost fascist? Sure. I think trotting out every soldier at a football game is real weird. I think that we, us having recruiters in high school, I'm starting to turn around. Maybe we aren't. <laughs> maybe we're a little more fashy than I like. But I. This, see, this is called a therapeutic intervention. <laughs> I still think that there's merit to service. I still yeah. think that it's a good thing to serve one's country. Yeah. I still think that there's value in what the military does. Does it need to be kept put in like a huge amount of check? It sure does. Yeah. I I think the I think the military is a little better than the cops right now. Is that yeah, fair? I mean, <laughs> I it sounds like so it sounds like what you really resent is black and white thinking. And it sounds like it hurts even more when it comes from a side that ideologically is closer to yours than people on the right who are just, to you, just like sort of in this cult and can't... I think the problem is, is like, I understand and agree with everything they're saying. Like, here's a fun fact. The military, the U.S. military, is the largest polluter on the planet. Oh, really? Yeah. We burn so much diesel moving ships and planes and trucks and generators. We burn an unreasonable amount of JP-8 jet fuel. Mm-hmm. We All our trucks overseas ran on jet fuel. It was just... Yeah. We just burned that stuff. I get some of their... Like, hey, bombing people from the sky is bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cool. I, I get... Where you're coming from. And from a certain standpoint, I think I agree with you. I think there's more nuance to it, sure. I think we need to restructure the police, and Biden doesn't want to do that. I think that we need to have Medicare for all, and Biden doesn't particularly want to do that. I think that we... There's so many things that I 100% agree with when I hear communists and anarchists and Marxists speak. But I also... Understand that we're never going to get any of that stuff if Trump wins. Yeah. Ever. He, like, we're, the gays are losing their rights and women are losing abortions and we're losing, like, all our rights are out the window. I'm terrified because RBG died yesterday. Yeah. And, and they're talking about ramming through a news. Like, yeah. Like, now is not the time for an ideological debate. Mm-hmm. Just like you don't debate before you go into combat over the efficacy yeah. of shooting the, the enemy. That's you true. just got to fight the fight. Yeah. And then when we're done and we clean up and we go, okay, we got rid of the fascist. We, we, can, we can deal with things like climate change and unbelievable inequality 
and the entire racist structures that is American justice system. And it's going to take like an unbelievable amount of work. But that these people come to me and they say, I can't believe you would stand up against Trump when you're no better. And it's like, I, I don't agree with you that I'm no better than that man. I don't agree with you that the military's no better than... Like, that's my thing. If the military's fascist, then Trump is an uber-fascist. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think that the military has done as much harm as these last four years. At least not to America. Uh, well, here's the thing. Here's my little opinion. is The military is a tool. They do... The, the thing about the military, and I... I from the past 20 years, I can tell, is they don't decide who gets bombed. They just do it. That's true. And, like, it's the, it's the, it, you know, hate the war, not the warrior. Which Sure. And uh, that's the one thing about the military is that they are so loyal to the United States that they will do whatever the president says. Well, that's not true. Well... There's a lot of things built in that they will, like, their loyalty to... To a certain point. There's a lot of safeguards put in, right? Is that fair? I mean, I mean, just recently, they've told him no. Really? Yeah. He, he's having a fight with the Joint Chiefs as of last week. He wants to About remove what? a guy. Because he wanted him to do something illegal, and they said no. Oh. Because well, that's my thing is they're they're sworn to like protect the constitution. We we swear on the constitution first, mm-hmm. foremost. I then swore I was in the national guard, so I st- swore on to take the orders of my governor mm-hmm. because I was not. It it went it goes constitution for national guard governor for everybody else the president. Yeah, constitution comes first. So if the president says, "Hey, I want you to go and round up American citizens," you go, "No." Yeah, and I think that's. Incredibly important. Yeah. Because it, there's, I also swore an oath to, to, against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Yeah. So if a domestic enemy rises, as one is currently doing, mm-hmm. the military has an obligation to say no to him and to fight against him. Mm-hmm. Which, I think that's a good point. The military is a tool. It's either it's how it's used. Exactly. I do agree that it's too big. Mm-hmm. I want it to still be the biggest. We can... You know, maybe that's an ideological debate I'll never win, but I like having the biggest stick. Yeah. Does it need to be that big? No. No. And I think that that, again, is a discussion for after we save the Republic. Mm -hmm. But these people, they come in my comments. That's one example. Other people just like, they're both equally bad. And I hate that. I mean, that's just like, I get it. But I like, don't say say some say something. That's I don't. Just dumb. I don't agree. I don't agree that anyone on the planet is as bad a fit no. for president as Donald J. Trump. Let me rephrase that. I don't. I don't think they're equally bad. I think um, they're both. One is just. One is just awful. He's just a terrible man. And the other one, it's like he's got some serious some serious issues. Name a president. That didn't. It's true. I don't think that you can win the presidency without having severe flaws. Yeah. Because the power that you have to accrue. Yeah. And like, I get it. I didn't vote for Biden. I voted for Bernie. Yeah. But like, there comes a time where you put away selfish desires. Mm-hmm. So many of these, I think, come from a place of selfishness. And that's what bothers me. Because they say, I just can't in good conscience 
vote for someone who doesn't support me ideologically. And I'm like, oh my God, what you're saying is my feelings are more important than the safety of the Republic. Yeah. And I friggin' joined the military. Yeah. So like, even if you completely disagree with me on every level, I still put my safety on the line for the ideas that I believed in, good or bad, and now you're telling me that you're not going to do the same, not even go to war. You won't just hold your nose and vote for the old man yeah. because he doesn't support me ideologically. Yeah. Oh, boo-hoo! Yeah. As if Trump does? Yeah. You think he supports anybody? I'm getting mad. I... Yeah. It's, it's, ugh. Your neoliberal rage is coming out. <laughs> I don't even think I'm a neoliberal. I'm pretty far left. I just, other than the military I'm, stuff. I'm, I'm kidding. I know. The, the, I, don't, I think I'm around where Bernie is on the big pundit square. Yeah. I, what was I saying? The, the, um, Trump. You're talking about selfishness. And, and I, I think. Because here's my thought. He is the incumbent. Any vote for anyone other than Biden is a vote for him. Because he's the incumbent. Because all he has to do, and he's also, like, grotesquely abusing his power. Holding his, the RNC at the White House. Sending voter registrations with his face on them. Sending voter regi- or sending the stimulus checks with his face on them. So everybody is already associating Donald Trump president. Yeah. And now someone else has to come in and go, ah, 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 yeah. I should be the president. Yeah. All the power is in Trump's court. So when people are like, you should really look at Joe Jurgensen, I think you'd like their policies. I'm like, you are a traitor, and I hate what you're doing. Wow. It, it, I genuinely think it's worse than voting for Trump. Interesting. Because I don't, I think the Trumpers are like, I don't think they're, some of them are bad people, but I think a lot of them are just, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. They've drank the Kool-Aid, or they're, they always vote Republican, or they just don't pay attention, or I don't know. I, but the people who think that they know better, oh, not me, I'm an enlightened centrist, Biden's just as bad. It's like, it, it, what? What? 200,000 people are dead. Yeah. What do you mean they're just as bad? No, he wears a mask. That alone! I would, I, a pine cone would do a better job. <laughs> it's true. A pine cone. I would vote... <laughs> For pine cone. You know what? I, okay, just to get completely off topic. I had this idea yesterday. You know those 12-sided die in Dungeons sure. and Dragons? I, I think, okay, we can't have a human president. <laughs> what we do is, every time, we'll, we'll all think of 12 uh, decisions to make, put them on the die. And anytime there's a crisis, we take the die <laughs> out of the closet and roll it. And whatever it lands on, that's what we got. That would do. be a better president than Trump. <laughs> yeah. I 100% believe that. <laughs> I would... Someone, someone said, like, what if Biden gets elected and he dies immediately? And I'm like, honestly, if we weekended Bernie's Tim <laughs> through four years, it would be better than Trump. Yeah, that's true. And... Not that, that, like that's just not even getting into like this stuff he said about soldiers. Oh, oh yeah, that. Whew. Do do it. But to tie it all back to TikTok. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this is all about TikTok because that's what my TikTok is: is me railing, me against... railing against an authoritarian. Like I. That's what I do, I guess, and it gives me some sort of purpose. 
that I didn't have in 2016, and I'm very grateful for that. It right. is stressful. It is overwhelming. It's an unbelievable amount of responsibility that I feel, but it also gives me purpose, mm-hmm. and it helps to calm me down because it's like... Now, and as an openly queer person now, Trump has already threatened and taken away the fund that funds my veteran disability. He's stolen money from the veteran disability to build his stupid wall that fell down. And he is going to stack the courts to remove my right to marry whoever I want. So this is not just, I don't like the guy, yeah. but my life won't change. If he wins again, I, I will probably be homeless. I, I will lose my benefits, and I might have, uh, you know, depending on what the country becomes, I might have to go back in the closet. I don't think I can go around as an openly queer person in, in the Trump's America as it goes forward if, if he removes all protections. He's already stripped away, he's trying to strip away the employer's right, to, or I mean, uh, oh, employee yeah. rights for trans people. You think non-binary people... People un- at least know what a trans person is. Yeah. Not not to do the um you know the the suffering Olympics, but like nobody knows what non-binary folk are. Oh, yeah. So like you think you th- like you think I'm gonna live a happy life if he yeah. wins? No, this is like I'm fighting against my literal for your life for my life. Yeah. And I'm leading just a rainbow army. <laughs> Of other people who are also fighting for their life yeah. and their right to exist and their right to transition and even their right to join the military. Which do you? This just occurred to me. Is there some irony to? Because this sounds like when what you've told me in the past. The reasons that you joined the military were to fight for certain ideals, and mm-hmm. and it sounds like. This process, you're actually getting to do that in a, in a much more direct way. And, I, you know, I'm not trying to disparage your service. And, and being a medic in combat is, you know, that's you get to save lives and all that. But here it, it feels more realized because you're truly fighting for a community that now you're a member of. You're fighting against um, ideals which you stand completely opposed to. Uh, do you, do you see this at all like a connection? Well, I don't want to just say yes because that sounds super egotistical. Yeah. But this, I'll be honest. I every day am very surprised by what comes out of my mouth. I just seem to know what to say or what video to make and it just feels very surreal and like I never intended this. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And and yet and yet the idea of a combat veteran of a of a person that is like the conservative ideal of heroism firmly planting his foot and saying i'm here to fight for for these people that you hate that i'm one of i'm both the thing that you love and the thing that you hate and i refuse to back down 
on either front. And you can tell me I'm not a veteran and you can insult my gender, but I'm going to stand firm in both. And that has been resonating with people at a level that I never anticipated. I get so many overwhelming messages from people who are like, today was a bad day. Or like sometimes where they say some stuff where I'm like, oh, Lord. Where they're like, hey, I was at pretty much the end of my rope, but seeing mm-hmm. you stand up for yourself, you know, inspired me. Yeah. And and I get this so much. And I just, it, there's a part of me that just doesn't accept it. Like, I can't process that yeah. m- amount of like, because the idea that just me existing and me accepting my own identity is enough to change the lives of other people is just like too big of a concept mm-hmm. for me to wrap my brain around. I'm just like, no, they just like me because I'm funny or whatever. But it, these, these folk need someone to look up to, I guess, and they've chosen me, and I'm just trying really, really hard to live up to that. I don't think that I do, but they see me for a minute out of the day, so if I can put all my shit in a bag for that minute and be goofy and smile and show them a hero and then break down for the next 24 yeah. hours, like, hey, baby, that's... Well, that's basically my process. I, and there's people that are like, hey, I came out because you, you know, people have come out to me, friends of mine. That's big. And, and I, I don't know. I'm going to keep doing it. And I, it's hard because like, it doesn't feel tangible. Mm-hmm. Because all I'm doing is putting stupid, goofy comedy videos, minute long nonsense where I try, I'm literally trying to be, I'm overacting, I'm yeah. being ridiculous, it's a lot of snap zooms, it's dumb costumes. And yet it's resonating with people. That I have created this community of veterans and trans folk and, and LGBTQ and allies and BLM and like just, just this like army of the unheard who mm. all love to just watch me goof on conservatives. And... It seems to have a power that I just don't understand, but respect. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Where I recognize, like, this could be so easily abused. Mm-hmm. I could so easily hurt so many people by saying something inappropriate or just being too cruel. Or, or just if I have a bad day and I go off or something, you know, like... I respect the power that these people have given me, as little as it is. Um, does that make? Did that? Does that? Yeah. Does that? Is there? Is, was there coherence well, in there? Yeah. Well, I, I was just, I was trying to get at that, like, you, you know, your whole life, from from what I can tell, is, is, you are trying to fight the good fight, and, you know, that's that's probably that's why you joined the the military. That's why you became a paramedic. That's kind of why you started doing comedy. And lo and behold, 2020 comes around and this, you know, this piece of Chinese spyware. <laughs> right? As I called it, the Chinese pedophile app. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, in this like bizarre twist of fate, it, it allows you to do that in the most pure form almost. Yeah. It, well, that's why I 100% believe in fate. 
Because, like, as this great antagonist rises, yeah. so too do does this platform suddenly become available to me. Yeah. I'd like to think of myself personally as the antithesis. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> so, there's a Christ complex there's here. There's a Christ complex. Yeah. I, it's, <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm, I, I don't know if I've said it, but I'm unbelievably grateful. It, it's, it's such a wonderful thing to be recognized for my talents, all the compliments I get. It's also very fast. It's only been three weeks. Yeah. It's three weeks for me to figure out what do you do with hate? What do you do with death threats? What do you do when a fan likes you too much? Yeah. What do you do when you've gone from no one asking you out to hundreds of people asking you okay, out? Okay, now you're just bragging. I'm not bragging because they don't, <laughs> they don't know me. They're asking out the idea yeah. they have of me. And I have to be cognizant of that all the time too. Mm-hmm. The hate's not really at me. The love isn't really at me. The lo- both of them are at the minute-long character or hyper-realized version of myself that they're... Is it part of me? Absolutely. Do I let some of it in? As much as I can. Less with the hate, although I think that that is better at getting inside. Yeah. I don't really know how to process hundreds of thousands of comments being like, you're amazing and beautiful and wonderful yeah. and valid. And I'm like, I... <sighs> well, we talked on the phone about how you can accept hate and violence and you understand it but what you really struggle with is letting in love unconditional love yeah un an unbelievable amount of unconditional love that i'm like this is good yeah how do i how do i process this yeah. i have no idea how to process joy i am real good at processing trauma yeah <laughs> but you know what though a lot of people struggle with that i'm sure because it's it's such a negative world and people people are traumatized by by things and tend to stay in their own negativity so it's and you know one thing i not to brag but i read this book recently about (laughs) i know it's the one one book every two years about gestalt therapy okay and it's all about living in the moment and blah, blah, blah. But they had a really interesting idea about the two forces that kind of control human behavior are spontaneity and anxiety. And so when one is up, the other is down and oh. vice versa. And oh, that makes all the sense. Because I think when we were both doing stand-up, the anxiety is so high that you can't... And we were just talking about this. You can't really be yourself because no, you're so, so worried. You're so worried. But what I've noticed in you is that first video gave you a boost and the spontaneity has gone up and the anxiety has gone down because you are now more comfortable. I mean, you came out of the closet. I sure did. And, and you, are, <laughs> you seem so comfortable talking about that and being you. And, and it seems like you found something that really speaks to your spontaneity and... That's that lack of that, you know, surgeon spontaneity, lack of anxiety is probably what allows you to not take on the haters, not take that personally. And maybe that was what you were afraid of last weekend of being taken away. I would 100% agree. Another thing that TikTok does is the there's this idea in marketing called polarization, mm-hmm. where, where if you want to find your audience, say something. 
polarizing. Yeah. Because you'll find the people who love you and you'll find the people who hate you. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. But I'm also, the more I move towards my truth, the harder I ring that bell. Yeah. So the more I embrace being queer and the more I embrace being goofy and loud and ridiculous and sometimes somber and quiet and and reserved in other videos where like I talked about Ruth Bader Ginsburg leaving and I, I uh, passing away and uh, another video where I just I just had a message of hope yeah and people really responded to it and that one I hate the I hate that video the most because really? it I I'm much more comfortable being a goofball than letting people see serious vulnerable I deleted all the hate comments off that one and they're the worst hate yeah because I'm just trying to be like hey hope it's okay and that's harder than just being like like i'm hiding a little bit yeah the the goofiness is me and also a mask i think maybe i don't know no it is it is but where, where was i going with this the more that i lean into that the more people support me and so i think you're right and it buoys that i'm like okay okay they like that well let me put on nail polish. Yeah. Huge. Loved it. Yeah. And now I've got a whole bot. I have this idea and I want to do it and I haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> and let's put it on the podcast. Yeah. Why not? This is a, this is the video I'm the most afraid to make because if it doesn't do well, I'll be devastated. Oh, okay. What I want to do is finally take the uniform out. Ooh. My plan is to hang it behind me in my bathroom. Okay. And I want to just talk about how I did this manly thing. And how combat is in the conservative lexicon, the manliest of manly tasks. And yet, here I stand, not a man. And I want to be putting on makeup while I'm saying this. I want to to be in the mirror, my combat medals over my shoulder, very loudly saying to the world, I served in your, your, I did your thing, I, I, I did everything you asked for, you say you support the troops. I'm a troop. Yeah. Putting on make, embrace me, embrace this. Wow. Because I want to say to both them, you'll never stop me. I'm just as much a soldier as you, or, or more, if and you're not, not more, but if you're not yeah. a soldier, then like, how dare you like try to tear that away from me? And also say to all these, these trans people who follow me that like, be brave and, mm-hmm. and, be yourself and don't let these people say this thing to you and it doesn't matter who you are but it's 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 that is the video i'm i, I spent a hundred dollars on makeup oh i, oh, so I it's have it it's ready to go yeah. you made it already i haven't made it oh because it just it's scary yeah because that's a huge step yeah to to i mean i've worn makeup before theater makeup but yeah. i've never embraced the feminine side of myself so openly and I think it's exciting that I want to do it. I not. I don't think I'm ready yet. And I'm trying to be very patient with myself and be like, do not force yourself to do yeah. this video until you are 100% ready. Because that's a big step. Yeah. I mean, the nail polish, I've, I've been doing that and I like it. I don't have it on now because it was all chipped. But when I put it on, I feel more myself. Mm-hmm. But it's also intimidating when I go outside and I go to yeah. some conservative bodega and reach for something yeah. and go, oh, you... Yeah, you yeah. now know a lot about me. Yeah, although a lot of straight dudes, cisgender straight dudes, are wearing make or uh, hipsters or hipsters are wearing yeah. nail polish now. So it's yeah. it's not as yeah you know. So 
and I think this this would be a good note to end on is so you you have this video which sounds like it could be really amazing and here's the question I want to pose to you is when you make that video and you put it out there let's let's say and I, I have a feeling it's gonna like blow up and do really well but let's say it didn't. Let's say for whatever reason it was a flop. Would you still feel good about it? I don't know. I think that's what I'm afraid of. Because my question is, yeah, you do have this huge platform and you are, you know, you are getting a big reaction. But ultimately, at the end of the day, are you doing this for yourself too? Are you making room for yourself? Because at the end of the day, you're the one who's got to sleep in your own bed. That's fair. I don't know. I know that I'm the most comfortable in my skin I've ever been. Mm -hmm. So no matter what else happens, I'm happy for having done this. And I guess that's all that matters. Yeah. Because I feel... You know, and there's also a part of me, and there was a part of me when this started, that wondered, what if I'm lying? What if I like this attention so much that I would lie to myself and say that I'm queer, even though I'm not, to get this attention? And I even voiced that to some of this community, and they were like, honestly, that's fine. Because that happens all the time. Really? Well, yeah, people question, and they come out as queer, and then they later go, oh, I wasn't. Or it changes. Because gender... Here, and I've talked to queer friends who say there are days that they wake up and go, oh, no, I'm a man. I'm a man all the way. And then the next day they wake up and go, uh, yeah, never mind. Yeah. So I think that I need to, I think I need to just accept it like, if it, the, the bell that rings inside me when I say I'm a queer person isn't a lie. There you go. To me. It feels real. And I feel the most myself. And so that... And that person, when I embrace it, makes others' lives better. So that's all that matters to me. Uh, the hate and the, the, the negativity and the problems and all that. All of that is worth it if I feel like myself and I can make another person feel that way. Which is why I keep making these videos. There you go. And why I'm eventually going to make that magnum opus of a video yeah dude that sounds like i've i've like i've come so close a lot of all my whole video process is me having severe adhd until my brain finally clicks into hyper focus mode and then it's video from start to finish the entire process i designed i I spoke about earlier Mm -hmm. but getting myself to like get into that like all right here we go yeah yeah and this one a lot of the other ones are just point camera at face yell yeah which is easier for me to start Mm -hmm. because then i'll I'll take two or three bad videos and get my rhythm and be like okay here we go we're in the we're in the mood but this one's gonna take a lot of time and effort and like i haven't messed with makeup before so it's gonna be like the embarrassment of like how do i get it to look right and also Look it on film and also get the editing and the words I want to say. It's like, it's, it's such a high production value process. And also me wildly embracing this new identity yeah. that it's just like, okay, this is happening. Yeah. But we're going to 
we're going to ramp up to it slowly. Because I was like, maybe it'll happen today. And then I was like, mm, not today. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to be patient with myself. Yeah. And like, don't, if, and if I'm not ready to make it, then I'm not going to make it. Yeah. That's it. That's because if point. I'm not ready for it to fail, if I'm not ready for it to get just hate, then I'm not ready to put it out. Yeah. Because it's on the internet also forever. I feel like, I feel like with a video like that, you got to do it for yourself. I agree. You know? And I mean, yeah, it has the potential to help a tremendous amount of people, but it's like, you know, with any, because that would, I mean, I know you've already like come out of the closet, but like that is, that video would have potential to like really, you know, get like millions upon millions of views. The whole world would know (laughs) potentially. And it's like, but you got to do it for yourself. I agree. Here's a thought. Here's a weird bugaboo I have as we're finishing this out. I thought about wearing it. Put the uniform on, class A's, putting on makeup. But for whatever reason, that feels wrong to me. I don't know if it's my beard and my long hair but I just am like, it just feels like I, I have a respect for like the rules of the uniform. Yeah. Which is odd to me. I don't, I don't know if it's perhaps respecting like the men who have died in it and not wanting to, I, I get very offended and upset when I see someone deface a military uniform, even if I agree with them, even if they're like, I just don't like it. And I don't, but it doesn't feel wrong to have it displayed behind the background to be like here is a thing i did yeah it also is sort of because that's not really who i am anymore yeah you know i'm not an active duty i don't know i've also seen you know one of the most powerful things i saw was during the protest there was a man in his class a's long hair beard that said you know i i i didn't wear this uniform for you to shoot my brothers in the street or something like that and i was like now that's extremely powerful yeah so i don't know i don't know Give it some thought, I would say. I'm continuing to. Yeah. But, I don't know. Not that I think that, like, wearing makeup is disrespectful or that non-binary people shouldn't serve, because I think there's way more than you'd think. Well, wasn't, wasn't, like, Chelsea Manning, was she in the military? I don't, I don't know, and I don't don't remember, uh, the name sounds familiar, but I can't remember. I don't know, she, like, whistle... Low, I, whatever. Oh, oh, ooh, that's a that's a topic I think that upsets a lot of people. Yeah. I, well, on that note, um, this was great. This was your TikTok journey. What's your TikTok handle? It's Patrick Lawler. L O L L E R. Just my name everywhere. Yeah. I'm at Gene Meyer. L O L. Uh, this has been War Porn. Uh, this has been a great episode. A very special episode. And um, yeah, catch us next week. And if you're following me on TikTok, uh, you know. Leave a comment. Leave a comment, I guess. Yeah. I hope it still exists. (laughs) Hey, thanks for watching. Bye. Not watching, listening. Oh, no.